You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel Sanangelo and Trey Harris. Trey Harris, one of your hosts. I'm the other, Daniel Sanangelo. And with us, as always, is our most excellent producer, Jesse Sedgley. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse! <laughs> and again, everybody, welcome to the Christmas special of 80s Revisited, where we will visit two of the holiday's most exciting and action-packed films that develop into the true meaning of Christmas, which is killing a whole bunch of fucking terrorists. <laughs> or just bad guys, in the case of Lethal Weapon. Well, I guess they're sort of terrorists. It counts. Terrorists. American America. terrorists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for joining us. And let's get right into my personal favorite Christmas movie of all time. You get, yep. But, but, but. Did we even give like a little... We're going to give a double dose on this episode? That's correct. Our gift to you, our listeners. Not just one Christmas movie, but two. <laughs> Starting with, as I was saying, my favorite Christmas movie of all time. The Bruce Willis 1988 classic, Die Hard. Oh, Jesus. Damn it. <laughs> That's right, Bruce. <laughs> You're number one, babes. Opening July 15, 1988, which is odd because it's a Christmas movie. Why'd they open it in July? I guess they wanted a Christmas in July kind of feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's clearly a Christmas movie. Uh, same day as A Fish Called Wanda, the Jamie Lee Curtis, Kevin Klein, John Cleese comedy classic. IMDb 8.3, Rotten Tomatoes 94. I agree, Rotten Tomatoes. This movie is extremely amazing which we'll get into in a second uh and have you seen this before daniel or is this a virgin viewing first oh i've given you the greatest second greatest gift i could ever give you for christmas since i already gave you star wars uh (laughs) cast and crew uh directed by john mctiernan who we just talked about last week in our predator episode and of course he did predator hunt for red october and revisited arnold with last action hero it was written by Jeb Stewart, who also wrote The Fugitive, the Harrison Ford classic, and also Stephen D'Souza, who also wrote the Schwarzenegger classics, Commando and The Running Man, which was adapted from a book by Stephen King called... I don't remember. I think it was just The Running Man. I can't remember. Anyway, I, I, have the I book. don't know. I should have looked it up before I wrote it on here, and then I wouldn't sound like a jackass. Hmm. But it was... I didn't know this until I was looking this up, but uh, this was actually based on a novel by Roderick Thorpe called Nothing Lasts Forever. It sounds like a uh, Bond, Bond movie. movie. Yeah. Hmm. Diamonds Are Forever, I think, was the Bond one. But uh did not know that. I'll get more into that in the trivia. It's starring the great, great thespian actor, Bruce Willis, as John McClane. Of course, Die Hard 2, 3. Hello. The, oh, wait, is, is Mr. Willis in the studio with us? Mr. Willis. Anybody want to say no? No, you're, you're more than welcome to join us on the podcast, sir. It is a true honor. Hello. Yeah, we can hear you, Mr. Willis. Are you there? Hello? Be prepared, sir. That's my motto. Be prepared. I agree. Oh, he's leaving now. Thank you. Bye. Mayday, mayday. Anyone copying Channel 9? Oh, dear. <laughs> he's taking a terrorist and broken into the 80s revisited studio. <laughs> oh, no, thank God Bruce Willis happened to be yeah. here yeah. without shoes on. 
But yeah, in the upcoming Die Hard 5, now what is, I think it's a good day to Die Hard, I think is the name of the new one. Oh, it is. Mm. Something like that. Uh, I think they should have stopped with the last one. It was yeah. a good end to the series, but we'll see what happens. But also, of course, Sin City, Sixth Sense, Fifth Element, and of course the Tarantino classic, Pulp Fiction. And then some other guy called Alan Rickman was Hans Gruber. Uh, he was in something else. Uh, I know I've heard, I know I've seen him in something. Uh, what else was he in, Daniel? Uh, I think he played an episode of Family Matters. Are you sure? Oh, With Michael Landon. <laughs> oh, Michael. Oh, yeah, Michael Landon was Carl Winslow. No, lately, uh, Alan Rickman is known as Severus Snape to most people, but but has been a lot of things. Sweeney Todd. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's. What's I forgot his name. General or. Uh, no, he has like a title or Count. something as a name. I know he got a haircut. That's yeah. about it. <laughs> he got a very close shave. Yeah. From the Demon Baba Fleet. That's right. It was just. But uh, yeah, of course, he was also in Robin Hood. Uh, most of our younger listeners would know him as Snape, but he was also the Sheriff of Nottingham, one of my favorite villains that he portrayed on screen. And also, he was amazing in Galaxy Quest. Yep. Did you ever see that, Daniel? Nope. Well, when we get to the 90s, we visit it, <laughs> as we say before. That's one we'll tackle. Great yeah. movie. Uh, and also starring the lovely, at the time, Bonnie Bedelia. is Holly Gennaro slash McLean, which helped her out a little bit in the middle. Kept her alive. Yeah, for a little, <laughs> little bit. Well, she didn't die. She died, but I mean... Kept her alive. Uh, she was also in part two, and also the Stephen. Speaking of Stephen King, as we mentioned, uh, Running Man earlier, uh, Needful Things with Ed Harris and Max von. Everybody I know pronounces his last name different. Sidow, Sidow, Sidow. Dude from The Exorcist. Creepy sure. old dude. <laughs> Works for me. And also one of Daniel's favorite a- actors of all time is in this movie. That's the, Mr. Uh, that was the, the old first thing I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Carl Winslow. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of that, too, uh, I was watching the movie channel today, and uh, Turner Hooch came on, one of my favorite 80s movies, which was mm-hmm. the show as well, and he was in that, too, mm-hmm. as a cop. Uh-huh. <laughs> Such a stretch for him to play a cop. <laughs> but another 80s movie alumni, Mr. Paul Gleason, was Chief Dane, Dwayne Robinson. You might remember him as the villainous teacher from The Breakfast Club. He was kind of an asshole in this one, too. And speaking of assholes, William Atherton was Richard Thornburg. Peck. From Ghostbusters, <laughs> and also the asshole in this one that gets punched in the face. And uh, I think, I can't remember if I mentioned it on the uh, Ghostbusters podcast or not, but like he, he's kind of typecast as people hate him yeah. in real life because of his role in Ghostbusters and this, just being the jackass, and nobody likes him. <laughs> and yet another. Actually, we got two more 80, uh, 80s movie alumni from this podcast. Alexander Gudnov was Carl. From the, of course, he was in The Money Pit, which we did, and also the Harrison Ford classic Witness. And then Al Leong was Uli, who is played in Daniel's favorite movie we've ever done on this podcast, Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> He's also in <laughs> Lethal Weapon. That's right. That's exactly right. Uh, so Daniel, it's, it's amazing you haven't seen this movie until recently. But true virgin viewing, what did you think of my favorite Christmas movie that makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside <laughs> around this time of year? What did you think of Die Hard? You ready to be disappointed? Don't tell me that. I think you're lying. No. I call you a You didn't like it? I didn't really think it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. Are you, kidding. You're not joking, right? This no. isn't like you're going to oh, I fooled you. I just didn't really get into it. Oh, my God. Are you going to negotiate? You offended Bruce Willis. No, actually, I really liked it a lot. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> it's a season for giving. <laughs> Pulling Trey's leg. No. Oh, man, I can't fucking believe it. <laughs> no, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, anything with Carl Winslow, I'm gonna like. Come on now. That's, the, that's why I was shocked. I mean, I was on the verge of tears here. It's just, um, 
and Alan Rickman is yeah, one of the main I like things. I like, and they do this on some movies, I like when there's more than one bad guy crony. Not mm-hmm. necessarily the main one, but I like the fact that there was, you could put a face to more of those bad guys and they slowly got whittled down by yeah. Mr. McLean. But His henchman, yeah, so to speak. I enjoy that. Uh, I didn't, like, the end was cool because, you know, you would assume that dude was dead, but you yeah. gotta remember... Which is, that which is funny that you bring <laughs> that up because going back to the fact that uh, John McTiernan also directed Last Action Hero, in, the, in Last Action Hero, one of the lines I remember from the movie is when he, the little kid's talking to Schwarzenegger. He's like, it's like the, dude, the part in Die Hard where the dude's hanging there dead the whole time and then he comes back in the end for one last attack. And then it happens in the Last Action Hero. So just a reference to a future McTiernan but, work. But Winslow had to put a little stop to that. Yeah, yeah he shot a kid. He couldn't draw his gun until that moment. <laughs> Oh, I like some of the shots in the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, Very well directed. The helicopter shot when they're on the roof. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's a kind of a long shot. It has nothing, to, it's not like children and men looking. Like, yeah. It's not looking that long, even though that was done in four different shots or something. Yeah. I never they, understood there where they exactly it, but cut they, it. But, yeah. The miracle of editing. Yeah. Um, Magic of editing, I should say. But it, anyway, that was a good pan in the camera up, and then you see the helicopter. That was nice. Oh, yeah. McLean also, or Bruce Willis... He's not as cool of an action star to me as Arnold, but you, but you, you like feel for him more. Like you exactly. get emotionally involved with him more because well, he's a normal guy. He's exactly, not, <laughs> you know, he's not a former Mister Universe. He's, he's not as cool special as, commando. Yeah. He's a cop. He's just a normal cop in an extraordinary circumstance. And some of the you know the little conversations he has uh, with uh, what is Winslow's name? Uh, that's Al <laughs> was it? Let me look that Let me up look because it, yeah, that's Al, what I'm Sergeant always, Al Powell. I didn't say it. Sergeant Powell. Okay, well, some of the conversations we have, he has with Powell, you start to really get a feel like, he, he, you know, he's a good dude. He just got caught in a yeah. bad situation pretty much. Um, The little rubbing your uh, feet on the carpet. Yeah. That doesn't make me feel at home. <laughs> after, I mean, after a plane ride? <laughs> I don't know. It's just weird. I mean, I've tried that after a plane. I didn't notice a difference. You know, I mean, yeah. specifically because like, oh, yeah, Die Hard, I'm going to try that. Yeah. Never but, made a difference to me, but it was an excellent plot device in this movie. Look, you can't get better back. It's hard to get to be a better bad guy than Alan Rick. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. well, we said it before. I think a, vil- a, a good hero is only as good as villain. Dennis as Hopper, villain. you know, is close. but Yeah. You know, and then <laughs> in three, Hagen, it was uh, Jeremy Irons was a villain. Yeah. You know, I mean, as playing Alan Rickman's brother from the original Die Hard. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it wasn't. I was gonna say Franz Gruber, but it's not because it's not Hans and Franz. <laughs> but uh, it was something Gruber in uh, three. I don't know if you've seen three. I, I assume I would assume you have. But it's one with Samuel L. But they keep he keeps having these like almost like the the Riddler. Like he calls him like be at this payphone at this time, and he gets there and he tells him this bomb is going to go off, but you have to answer this riddle correctly mm-hmm. to find the location. And yeah, Simon. but Irons has that voice. That Simon, awesome voice. Simon says, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. That's right. Simon says you must go to here. Et cetera, et cetera. But Jesus, Die Hard is so fucking awesome. It's just no, I like this it a lot. is one of probably the one of the most perfect examples of an action movie. Yeah. It's it's got everything. It's got the comedy. It's got balls to the wall action. It's bloody. It's violent. It's just and it's just it's it unfolds there in such missing, a way. It's missing some hardcore like sex. Yeah. But that's about it. Yeah, there's no titties in it. Yeah. You know, but it's not it's like lethal weapon, you know. Necessarily, yeah. Where the first five <laughs> seconds, it's scaling up a chick's boob, and then, uh, but yeah, I mean, just there's so many shots, in this, and the stunts in this movie are just amazing. 
And, and actually, you want you always talk about the first thing you wrote down. Here's the first thing I noticed watching this movie. This is the first time I watched this movie since I saw I've seen J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Uh, no, what, let me phrase that. It's not the first time. It's the first time I thought about this after watching it. Uh, the fact that when Star Trek came out, the remake or the reboot, everybody's like, "Oh, he uses too much lens flare." There's a shit ton of lens flare in this that movie. Like I was circular oval yeah, one. Yeah. The, the big ones that go across the sky. Like well, this is just like Star Trek. But before <laughs> nobody said anything. I think he ripped off Die Hard. Yeah. Anyway, Star Trek ones were added in post, though. That's true. That's the thing. These were all natural. Yeah. yeah. But that exact same look. <laughs> I'm just like, wow. <laughs> it made me giggle. Uh, yeah, they did have a little lot. Mm-hmm. But I just, I lo- and like I said, McTiernan, to me, kind of fell off directing-wise as far as living up to this and Predator. I mean, two of the best action, the best Arnold movie, the best Bruce Willis movie. Uh, you know, and then he went and did the stuff like Eaters of the Dead and, uh, I don't know, I'm sorry, that was the 13th Warrior. The book it was based on was Eaters of the Dead. And uh, he just kind of stopped making badass movies. <laughs> unfortunately but these he made two of the best yeah and nothing is better than on a cold December day you know like tomorrow night maybe Christmas Eve me and my family will gather around the TV and get a warm eggnog and a blanket and a fire going and watch warm John McClane some people heat it up yeah I need to try that because I, I like cold eggnog just like not like hot chocolate hot yeah but just like, like a little warm, warm. Yeah. like if it's cold I want to try that now I didn't, you put I've cinnamon or nutmeg on the top of your hot chocolate I mean uh, <laughs> Eggnog. <laughs> uh, I don't do anything. Either. Just straight, straight from the bottom. Hmm, cause, uh, I'll do either cinnamon or, egg, or nutmeg. Damn. Just spice it up a bit. <laughs> Mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, this movie is just... God, I love this movie so much. This is... Like, if, if, if I could say that I made a movie, like, you can pick any movie that you've ever... Like, you could be like... You could say that you directed this movie. Like, you actually got to do this. Die Hard. Out of all... Not every mo- single movie. No, no, no. Out of all the movies we've done a podcast, mine would be The Shining. Mm-hmm. Well, that's you, well, that's you, inge- good point. Touche. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> okay, let me phrase my... An action movie. Okay. I mean, Predator is well-directed, but this yeah. one is just... The look of it is so good. It's so clean. It feels like it was shot yesterday. Like, it feels like this happened yesterday, aside from the women's fashions in the <laughs> movie. It looks like it was just done. Like, this could happen yesterday. Or actually tomorrow night, since that's when it took place on Christmas Eve. There you go. Yeah, but uh, on to the trivia. That's Rickman's first part, right? Yeah, that was yeah. his feature film debut, as a matter of fact. And uh, this was funny. I thought uh, the scene in which uh, Rickman and Willis meet, that was actually inserted in the script after Alan Rickman uh, showed that he could do an American accent, which I know, which was funny, kind of, because we're always like, oh, hello, I'm British. Oh, I'm, I'm an American, I'm taking a British. Yeah. But then to hear, it's always fun. It's always astonishing to me, like uh, Andrew Lincoln that plays in The Walking Dead. Like he's English, I believe. Australian. Yeah, he's and I would never. He he sounds like some dude from Georgia. Like, yep. Flawlessly, <laughs> I, my mind was blown when watching the Walking Dead special features. I'm like, what the hell? Also, the is the audio was, off? Um, Glenn's chick. What's her name? Yeah, she's uh, also Australian. She's oh, she's one so gorgeous. <laughs> I love her to death. She's my crush on the show. It kind of brought up one for me is. Uh, Kelly McDonald from No Country for Old Men. Yeah, she's, she's Scottish. So cunt. She, yeah, she's so she's, south whenever she's talking. But yeah. God, I, see, when I you listen to her regularly. I didn't know that until I watched Brave. Oh, she's the voice of the chicken. She's Brave. The main, yeah. And I was like, what the? Like, <laughs> oh, she is Scottish. Jesus Christ. She does a good little Southern Belle type. Well, Alex not Belle, but Southern. 
Yeah. Chick. She wasn't exactly a bell in No Country Roll Man. She was a going to have to take you in the park. back and screw Which... you. <laughs> Big talk. Keep it up. One of my favorite movie. movies, by the way. That's such an awesome <laughs> movie. But they inserted that scene because they on set they found Rickman was good for to pull off an American accent and they wanted the two to meet before the end to have a just to have a way for them to meet before the climax so it wasn't an alien an alien feeling where they haven't seen each other they just know the voice and etc uh, and then um, the principal from uh, Paul Gleason principal from Breakfast Club says in the, in the movie that uh, John McClane could be a fucking bartender for all we know well Bruce Willis was a bartender before he became an actor <laughs> so it's sort of like an in joke about that and of course, this movie's the iconic line from this movie is "Yippee ki yay, motherfucker," uh, which was we always talk about, like when there's a famous line in a movie, the uh, AFI list, and it was on uh, number ninety six. Actually, I'm sorry, I'm on the AFI list on the premiere list of the hundred greatest movie lines, not AFI. Mm, so a little less prestigious. Mm-hmm. But I guess AFI didn't want a curse word, you know, on network television when they have their special on it. Mm-hmm. Number 10. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker. Mother <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't well, work out well. Well, speaking of that, the, f- I, the first time I saw Die Hard 2 was on television. And you haven't seen it. But in the end, of course, he says, yippee ki yay, motherfucker. But mm-hmm. he's like laying on the ground in the snow and there's a fuel trail going to this plane. And he's all beaten up and bloody. He lights a cigarette and he's like, yippee ki yay. In the movie, real movies, of course, he, sa- he says, motherfucker. In the TV version, I'm going to imitate it as best I can. He goes, yippee ki yay, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> it's some other person's voice, like not, not even trying to imitate Bruce Willis, because that's what was awesome in the eighties when they had a TV movie. They Mr. didn't just Falcon. like you know make it quiet, like give me Kanye mother. They actually had somebody come in and say the lines. Sometimes even actors would do that for TV versions, but it was not Bruce Willis. I'm looking uh, at the opening weekend, which was extremely low. Oh, I didn't even go over was that. it limited yeah. release? Twenty one screens. When did it expand? Because it I, made a lot of money. I looked for that information, and I couldn't find an exact date on it. But that okay. was the theatrical release date. Uh, and since I forgot about it, I'm glad you, I would have completely forgot if you didn't say that. Uh, the mm. budget was $28 million estimated. 601000 on 21 screen opening. The domestic gross was 83 I mean, that's good per screen, definitely. Oh, yeah. But well, yeah, the, the domestic gross was 83 The mm. worldwide was 137 on a $28 million budget. So it made over $100 million. Seems profit. like it was gradual. Judging yeah. from the weekend gross over time. Yeah, because you can see the screens popping up. I'm not sure what like a national average for screens would be to compare it to. Yep. Pardon me. Oh, yeah, and we mentioned it was based on a book by Roger Thorpe titled Nothing Lasts Forever. But this was a sequel to another book that Thorpe wrote called The Detective, which actually was made in 1968 to a movie starring none other than Frank Sinatra. Now, get this. Because of a clause in Sinatra's contract for The Detective... It gave him the right to reply, reprise his role in the sequel, which the sequel's Die Hard. So <laughs> they actually asked Sinatra if he would want to do it, which he was too old anyway. So he said, of course, of, like, you know, fuck no, of course not, I'm too old. And then that freed him, them up out of the contractual obligation Sinatra had mm-hmm. to go ahead and find a new John McClane. Which was a lot of people, right? Yes. Uh, among some of them, uh, of course, Bruce Willis was a big TV star at the time because of Moonlighting with Sybil Shepherd, which is how I always knew him from. But also they approached Don Johnson and Richard Dean Anderson. Of course, Don Johnson's Miami Vice. Richard Dean Anderson is MacGyver uh, to do it. But originally it was written for Schwarzenegger to be in. <laughs> and then they went to Sylvester Stallone. Remember Arnold quoting that famous line? <laughs> 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 Actually, it might have not been that bad. 
Yeah, but I think it w- it would have taken away from it, like mm. you were saying, like because Bruce Willis looks like, you know, he's I mean he's not like he's obese or overweight or anything, but I mean he looks like a normal guy. He's not out there pumping iron for a living. And I think that had Schwarzenegger or Stallone done it, it would have just been like, oh, you know, it would have been a typical Arnold movie instead of being a little more unique and different. A little more and, personal. And I think Willis, mm-hmm. I, Schwarzenegger's a good actor, but I think Willis is a much better actor mm-hmm. acting-wise. You know, where you're going to say an opposite Alan Rickman, you better have some <laughs> chops. You know, you've, you, know you, you couldn't just be like, no, I don't have to detonate his hands. <laughs> you, know, gives me, you know, and then Alan Rickman's the thespian, classically trained actor against Schwarzenegger wouldn't have been... I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have done well because there's such there's such different sides of the of the coin, you know. Because Rickman's methodical and this evil villain, you know, he is like a Lex Luthor to with a nice goatee and chin strap yeah. going on this one. Mm. <laughs> well manicured, well versed, very knowledgeable, <laughs> especially about FBI tactics. But uh, yeah, they went Schwarzenegger, Stallone, then Burt Reynolds, mm. and then even they even asked Her- uh, Harrison Ford and Mel Gibson, but also Richard Gere. Interesting. Which that would have been hilarious. Even 80s Richard Gere. That just, I don't know, that just went more dark. But the reason they actually went to Schwarzenegger first was because McTiernan was originally going to make Commando 2. But Schwarzenegger turned down the role because he was, uh, he was he just declined. He just didn't want to, I guess he didn't want to do a sequel. Uh, for whatever reason, I couldn't find an exact uh, reason. So then they took this movie and made it Die Hard, basically. Instead of just basically, they took the story and made it or tried to design it into a commando sequel, and then, like, oh, Schwarzenegger got to do it. Okay, let's make we got to make it something new. And thus, you know, instead of uh, oh, what was his damn name in Commando? John Matrix. Yeah, I was gonna say Dutch, but that was Predator. Mm-hmm. Instead of a John Matrix movie, they made it a John McClane movie. And there's there's the holy trinity of action stars you have John Matrix, John McClane, and John Rambo, mm-hmm. 80s icon. <laughs> the Holy Trinity, uh, and the scene where uh, one of my favorite, like one of the, I think one of the best stunts in the movie is when he falls when he's uh, using the gun to kind of go down to escape the Carl and another dude, mm-hmm. and uh, he falls or the air then, duct system, right? yeah, yeah, like a, it's, it's it's like the central you, you, you yeah. do that for a living, uh, so you kind of know a little bit more about it. Than me, we don't maybe. do that big, yeah, <laughs> thank God. But uh, yeah, he's going to he's trying to lower himself, then he falls and he grabs the one to his right. He was actually not supposed to do that. He was supposed to grab the one directly below him. But the stuntman fucked up and grabbed the other one. But it made for a way cooler shot. Because oh. the thing did break and he grabbed that one <laughs> reflexively. So that was really cool. And uh, this is, I found this hilarious too. Because you know, Alan Rickman's such a good actor. But he had a bad habit of flinching every time a gun, he shot a gun. <laughs> so McTiernan had to cut away every time before he fired. So you didn't see the flinch. <laughs> and to quote, it was uncontrollable flinching. Wow. And if you look at his face when he shoots Takagi, the old the Asian dude, you can see him flinch, like, for that shot, for the angle they, they're shooting at. It's not, like, a dead-on. I think it's a little to the side, but you can see him <laughs> wince, which is hilarious. Uh, kind of break him of that, huh? Like, breaking a horse? I'd like to know if he's, like, could still... Cause he really doesn't do action movies anyway, you know? And yeah. he, you know, that's not his forte, so to speak. I wonder if he was cast, holding his wand out and, like, <laughs> flinching. <laughs> These spells are bothering me. Uh... And get this, like I've been. To, my brother lives in LA, and I like to go see like movie spots. And I've always, I've never gotten to see the building that they use in Die Hard. It's actually there. It's the, uh, it's the Fox Plaza building in LA, because it's an iconic landmark from this film. They actually don't let even people go near the building anymore. It's all there's like only one section you can go to even take pictures, which they can even confiscate your camera, because it's, uh, it's actually the Fox Studios production mm-hmm. building, like exact, uh, you know, offices, I should say. 
So, but it's right there in the middle of downtown Los Angeles. Uh, we always talk about like in foreign languages, like the foreign countries. I should say the title, how some films change and have absolutely bizarre titles. Well, uh, in Spain, Die Hard was called Crystal Jungle, and in Poland, it was The Glass Trap. For I guess the one scene where he has to walk on glass. <laughs> I guess that's the title of the movie. Hmm. Uh, that did make the movie. No. And uh, when the when the big explosion goes off in the building, because they used a real building, this was a really cool way of, and uh, you know, an eighties how they do an eighties special effect. Uh, they actually rigged flash bulbs around the perimeter of the building and set them off all at once, and then added special effect explosions with that mm-hmm. to make it look like the building was exploding when they they didn't damage the building at all. Cool. Unlike in Terminator Two, where they actually blew up a building. <laughs> really? For the uh, the Cyberdyne Systems yeah. building, hmm. they actually, because of course James Cameron, right. they actually blew the fuck out of a building. <laughs> Dark Knight Rises, they blew up a building. Yeah, that's true. One take. Not Rises. Yeah, uh, just Dark Knight. Just Dark Knight. Yeah. yeah. Which one? The hospital. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is. I thought this was funny too. Uh, McKenna wanted to use Beethoven's Ode to Joy. Of course, when the vault opens, very you know. Of course, it's a people you hear it a lot around Christmas. Uh, but the comp- the guy working on the, the composing of the movie, uh, Michael Kamen, thought it was sacrilege to use Beethoven in an action film. He was like, you know, like this is stupid. Like, I don't, you shouldn't do this. But then McKenna reminded him that, uh, you know, Ode to Joy was in A Clockwork Orange, right? Kamen loved Stanley Kubrick, so he was like, okay, I guess it's okay. Mm-hmm. So that's how he convinced the composer that they needed to use Ode to Joy for that scene, which is funny. Hmm. Uh, this is cool too. If you watch when you if you watch it again and you like pause the DVD or watch it on TV or pause it on TV since you can pause TV now, which you couldn't do in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, when he runs across the glass for that one shot, he actually has rubber feet on. Yeah, really. And if you pause it, you can see that he has rubber feet on. Huh. Uh, body count. Would you care to guess? Can I guess something real quick first? Yeah, sure. Oh yeah, by all means. Our second uh, movie will have more, right? Yes. Yeah, I was about to say, there's a lot of people died in Lethal Weapon. Um, Not by much, though. Really? As opposed. 35? Lower. Really? Lethal Weapon has less than 35? Oh, I'm talking Die Hard. No, I'm just saying... Oh, yeah, Lethal Weapon's less than that. God, I thought more people got killed. There's a single-digit difference between the two. Lethal Weapon's more. Um, Now, of course, the sight I usually get is actual... When you see somebody die on screen. Yeah. You know, if there an explosion goes off in a building, they don't count uh, like people who are thought to have died. I go with seventeen, Alderaan. close. That should count. <laughs> I mean, because you can see all these people, but you're just so far away, you can't literally. Nineteen. <laughs> do the clock game. What Meaning, mean? if I say you say higher. Oh. And they do it fast. Both of y'all higher. Uh, twenty-five. Lower. Twenty-four. Twenty-three. Twenty-two. Twenty-one. Yeah, 20. One of those was right. <laughs> which I know which one. Twenty-one. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. 22 deaths, including Hans Gruber from the building. Yep, that's that. It does seem like more, though, because, but again, he's, because they say, uh, he's saying how he took out, there's like 13 hostages, and he took out five, or, of course, uh, security guards get killed, and uh, the Hans booby guy. I'm so glad. Every I'm always so happy in that movie when he gets shot. Just like, <laughs> such an asshole. <laughs> I don't forgot his name, but oh well, he's not important. He didn't play any, much anything else except TV anyway, so... Sorry if you're listening, dude. No yeah, props. he's crying. <laughs> oh, no, even this podcast... Yeah, I like thought me. more people... A lot more people died in Lethal Weapon. But, uh... Let me see. In the real world... Again, this was July 7th, I believe. No, I'm sorry. July 15th, 1988. 
Uh, one week before this movie was released, the first reported medical waste on the beaches of greater New York area, including the big hyperdem- hy- uh, hyperdermic needle scare, like you know, needles washing up on the beach, that was that. And, uh, and across uh, Coney Island and New Jersey and everywhere, they closed a, num- a number of beaches because there was supposedly medical waste watching them. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. Yeah. It's not sharks. <laughs> they kill the shark. But at least... <laughs> Have you seen Caddyshack? Mm. Oh, we will see it. But anyway, there's a scene where they remind you of Jaws with a candy bar floating in the pool. You see like a hypodermic floating, down and getting closer and sticking somebody. That might have been done already. I don't know. Somebody should have capitalized that. Maybe Saturday Night Live. But then uh, three days after the movie, Nico dies. And if you probably don't know who Nico is, but she was a female singer for the Velvet Underground with Lou Reed. She actually died in a cycling accident. Damn. Bicycle. Hmm. And she was wearing a helmet, but just hit so hard. It's her time to go. Fell off a cliff. It's your time. It's your yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's about it. Now, we have, this is the score section. So, Daniel, you know my feelings of it. You know my range, where my range is going on this movie. What say you, good sir? If I had to give it a score, I'd give it about an 8.7. That's... Yeah! That's a that's a high score for Daniel Santangelo, mm-hmm. which is uh, let's see the uh, what was it the uh, IMDb was eight point three so it's better than IMDb a little less than Rotten Tomatoes ninety four I'd give it a nine point eight it's just so awesome but you you can't really go by the Rotten Tomatoes score because it's not really a score it's just a yeah, percentage it's an of aggregate. people who think it's good yeah yeah or over fresh or whatever yeah because <laughs> like what is it like fifty five percent fresh or something I think it's, it's, I think like, it's sixty okay I knew it was something some kind like of that, you know, yeah. almost like an F or something yeah. In, in grade school would be but still, still be fresh. an 8.3 on IMDb still pretty damn yeah. good I mean mm-hmm. I'll watch anything on IMDb that has higher than a 7 mm-hmm. if it's recommended no I enjoy it a lot but uh yeah this movie is so badass I love and my wife is so gracious because we'll watch Christmas movies we'll be like okay what do you want to watch I want to watch uh, Miracle on 34th Street I'm like oh okay came on last night and she's like okay <laughs> you're trying to pick one I'm like okay die hard she's like okay she's cool with it and then you know, she, well, then she's like, I want to watch. Where's uh, the came on last night too? Like five times in a row. Yeah, we had it on <laughs> from other people's houses, and uh, you're just playing repeatedly. Like, oh, it's still on. Mm. But, what a Christmas! It's movie. cool. Yeah, I'm 30s revisited. <laughs> welcome. You gotta have that popping radio sound. Like, welcome to 30s revisited. See, I'm one of your hosts. See, what's that dude's name? James Jimmy. Cagney. Who am I thinking of? No, I'm thinking of Jimmy Durante or yeah, something that's like the that. Frosty the Snowman yeah. guy. Frosty the Snowman. Oh, that's him? Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Durante. Yeah. James Cagney was like the gangster guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was an okay impression. I actually did one. It was okay. It wasn't bad. Nobody here is good at impressions. <laughs> yes. we're, we're good. No, we are. We're good at bad impressions on mm-hmm. 80s Revisited. Yes. As our listeners know. And what were we talking about again? I forgot. Well, I could, we're, we're, we're do a pretty good Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You know. Springing in my good air. And what are we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about oh uh, review scores, I guess. I think. Or do we move on from that? Rotten Tomatoes. I gave my review score. Yeah. What would you give it, Trey? All right. Yeah, I did. I said nine point eight. Oh yeah. Oh, I was talking about Christmas movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. And then like she'll pick you know something not lame but a traditional. Let's watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, a great eighties movie, which I wish we would have time to do this year. But we'll get it next year. Uh, yeah. no, okay. Cool. What's your Christmas movie you want to watch, babe? Oh, I'll, Gremlins. Lethal <laughs> Weapon. You know. The ones people don't think of instantly as Christmas movies. If we uh, we had the time, unfortunately we didn't have the time, and we had a little uh, like snafu. snafu involved with the recording of some of the podcasts. All right. Jesse. Computer. 
The computer and made a sad face. We would have probably <laughs> done Gremlins. So that, that's I think I would have wanted to do that because it's been it a while nice. since I watched but it. But you have seen it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we watched it just the other night. It's yeah. great. Uh, shit, I, I was thinking of something to say and then I forgot. Son of a bitch. Sorry. Yeah, I can't think of now. I should have a pen while we're doing this so I can write it down so I don't forget. But yeah. Uh, That'd be helpful. There's a pen right in front of you. Yeah, now, after I forget it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, of course we have our new segment, Back to the Future, which we didn't talk about. But uh, I mean, uh, we didn't talk beforehand as to what we were going to talk about. So we're going to do a little freeform Back to the Future. <laughs> back in the present day, we're coming back from the eight, revisiting the 80s to the present day to talk about something current. Anybody want to talk about something current? Any idea? Something current. No, I really haven't. I thought I didn't know what we were gonna do with me that. either. I didn't write anything down. <laughs> Forgot to play the segment music. I should have this queued up every oh. week. Okay. Oh, oh. oh I thought you were gonna oh, do it. Okay, reset. Okay. Well. Okay. Now we're gonna go to our new segment called Back <laughs> to the Future, where we talk about something current after leaving the eighties. There you go. Oh yeah. <laughs> Today on. Uh, back to the Future. <laughs> Let's see. What uh, makes sense? Yeah. Seen any good movies lately? Can't talk about Dark Knight Rises. Die Hard. Still ain't seen it. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that. We'll we'll, we'll into the we'll into the podcast. They are making another one called I want to say it's uh, a good day to die hard, and it's something to do with like it's one of the codes on Warcraft. Oh really? It's a good day to die. That's you... actually from uh, Star Trek Klingon culture. Mm. Anyway. I only know that because of the next generation and Worf. <laughs> but it's like, I don't. Well, it was a Warcraft 2 code, I believe. But it's, uh. That's like they're, when they're about to die, it's like, you know, that's what they say for that. Like, it's a good day to die. Damn, it actually is coming out next yeah. year. Oh, wow, yeah. On Valentine's Day. I know what my wife's oh, doing. We're doing Valentine's Day. I did Valentine's not think day. it was that close. Okay. Damn. The poster is ridiculous. It's just mm. his face, and then it says, Yippie Kaye, Mother Russia. Yep. That shark has just been jumped, ladies Who's, and gentlemen. Who plays Jack? His son. It should be... No, he didn't have... No, oh, he still had... Whoa, Patrick Stewart? He's a Russian general. Rumored. Rumored. Well, oh, but it's got a Cole Hauser from Pitch Black. Oh, it's got, it does have Jai Mary Courtney. Elizabeth Winstead in it. I don't know who this is playing his son. I hate when they bring kids into movies. Well, I hate <laughs> it so bad. Like, there's no need for it. Like, well, how, well, how old is he, though? Like, well, who is he playing? Go, go back to him. It's Jai Who, Courtney. Jai Courtney? Yeah. He's playing, he's playing his son. Playing no, son. like, what is he considered? Like, how old is he going to be? He looks pretty old. He's been in quite in a Spartacus. few things. He's in Jack Reacher. He's in Spartacus. And that's about it. Jack Reacher. Yeah, that's about it. As far as his yeah. age. He looks not nothing like Bruce website. Willis. They should have got Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they should <laughs> From Looper, since he played a young Bruce Willis anyway. Yeah, they don't even have his age on here. He's ageless. <laughs> but yeah. Never trust somebody with two first names. Jai Courtney. That's just a rule. Yep. Your name, first and last name is the first name. I don't trust you, bro. Anyway, but yeah, this... I can't remember if there's a trailer out for it yet or not. I think it actually might be. I personally haven't watched it, but... Really? Uh, that, that poster just kind of kills it for me. Like, that's just ridiculous. Yippee-ki-yay, Mother Russia. Oh, look, oh, there is a trailer. They do have a trailer. Well... All right, guys. You guys are going to have to listen to the trailer. little preview <laughs> review. I hope it uh, plays. We're probably going to get an ad in front of it. Which we Just apologize we for. We didn't prepare for it. But we'll see. Oh, yeah, oh, for Sky, Sky Vodka. Vodka. Well, we're just going to listen to more Huey Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Take you back. <laughs> back to the 
time. But you will be doing the Back <laughs> to the Future one soon, I hope. That is correct. Which I have never seen any of them. That one's going to be fun. Crazy. Akin to the Star Wars episodes, but with just us. So it's a little more intimate, a little more sexy. So anyway, what do you want to see in a new Die Hard movie? Not his son. Him and his son <laughs> fighting terrorists. I wouldn't mind seeing also saw his Patrick Stoddard's back. Oh, really? Well. Oh, Bonnie Bedelia? Well, no, no, no. Some or other just said Mary Stewart Nash. That's his daughter. She was his oh, daughter, was daughter in... See, I don't... Oh, okay. Okay, I don't... let me rephrase this, I guess. I don't like in action movies or any kind of movie where they introduce a child and then the child's, like, accompanying the, the parent on an adventure. You know, in Live, Live Free Die Hard, it was the commando situation where the, the bad guy captures his daughter. Yeah. You know, that's fine. And, and Lethal Weapon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the end of that. The middle... The beginning of the end of that, I guess. Uh, beginning of But I hate shit like in... Uh, like, the Hugh Jackman recent movie, Real Steel. Like, his... You know... It's supposed to be with his son coming along, but of course his son knows more than he does about the profession the, that he's been in for you know twenty years eh, or whatever. The mummy so returns. Just, yeah. yeah uh, the little. Kid. I hate and they, they always make the kids the comic relief and funny and like that is so like so unnecessary. It bugs the piss out of me. <laughs> Superman Returns. I like that movie except for the whole kid aspect, where it's this kid. I'm like that is so stupid. That is completely unnecessary, and retarded. No wonder hmm. you don't have kids. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's yet. Here's, here's the, the trailer. trailer for it. It's only a minute long, so let's see what happens. Yeah. Helicopter's landing in Mother Russia, I assume. Sure. A door opens. Flashlights, people in masks. Reminds me of the beginning of The Rock. Shows <laughs> the city. Oh, the joy in the background. Not oh, good catch. Looks like he was riding through the Batcave there. Lewis. Hello. That look was stupid. That was stupid. That was like, a, like just grinning. That was like from the kid. <laughs> See, you saw him fall on his back with the machine gun next to somebody. If he's doing that with his kid, oh man. Double O seven of Plainfield, New Jersey. I'm sure he enjoyed that because he, he is lost from a little bit of his heavy accent from yeah. the original. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It doesn't sound as it's strong. I mean, in all honesty, it looks great. It looks, mm. you know, I want to see it definitely, but I just I pray that it's not, you know, just your idea of Christmas, Dad, and then like you know some stupid shit where him and his son, are like, <laughs> you know, his sons, you know, I, they might try to work it in like, oh, you know, you back from the army, son? Yeah, Dad, I'm on leave from the. SEAL yeah. Team 6 or some bullshit and then like <laughs> you know what the fuck ever that's one of the best bullshits ever <laughs> some oh. bullshit <laughs> thank you well who's somebody bunch of bullshit no one of our friends always says that this terror is bullshit it's oh Will Smith oh, on a Men in Black yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched that yet that was yeah. on, we watched that here yesterday <laughs> bullshit like, like damn Trey's powerful <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, the trailer does look great. I just hope it doesn't have the father and son to where his son's as badass as he is. Because mm -hmm. his son has not stopped terrorists from destroying a city or a building three, four separate times. So his the kid ain't got no experience. You know, he has to start small with Nakatomi Plaza. Not like they're in Russia fighting a Hind D helicopter. Set the Kremlin. Yeah. <laughs> it takes place. Maybe cameras just didn't follow him around when he did it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a reality TV show. Right. 
We yeah. put a New York cop in a building yeah, with he, terrorists. He's going to come back. He's like, I just cut through killing Osama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm partially... The trailer made me excited for it. I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I will see it, but I, like I said, my, my only fear is that it's, it's just going to be a father and it's going to be silly. That, that plot, plot point can be silly. But we'll see. Hopefully his son's just a, a douche and gets taken hostage and that's why he goes to Russia to save him because, like, who knows? I don't care. We'll see on February 14th. <laughs> Not yet. But uh what did you call me? I didn't I didn't call you anything, Mr. Willis. Anybody wanna say no? No. I mean I don't want to say no. Sure, I wanted you as a partner for your name and your money, not you. Well Oh but that's so mean, <laughs> Mr. Willis. Alright already. Okay. Alright. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, well, that's Back to the Future for this week. And again, we've got a couple of things to remind everybody about. Uh, not, and I don't mean for this week because we're not done. Because we have, again, we're doing another movie or after a short commercial two break two shortly. Two but to wrap up this one. Two times. Uh, two times. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? We don't need to do this to the end of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. Let's take a commercial break. And we'll be right after these messages. After Check out these messages. We'll be guys. right back. Check out these. There we go. This is a tough commercial to play on podcast because there's, yeah, no, there's no audio right now. <laughs> but if you're from the 80s, I'm sure you remember it. Me and Jesse both did. Uh, it's a Christmas commercial with Ronald McDonald where they're all ice skating and the one poor kid falls down. He can't quite get it. The cartoon animals from Bambi are around as well for some reason. And then Ronald sees that he's not with us and the deer's there. Mm-hmm. Being bullied by the deer. <laughs> you can't skate, kid! <laughs> And then guess who comes? Ronald McDonald comes and picks him up. Takes him to their and secret body clubhouse. body slams him. <laughs> Check our power bomb on the ice! <laughs> Brings him back to his friends. Now wave. Wave, Ronald. Skate away. Goodbye! Hope you find your dad! <laughs> it's a world of celebration. Joyful Yuletide I remember this. I don't remember what it's for, but I remember that sleigh. M&M's. Uh, M&M's. M&M's. Mr. Mr. M&M's. M&M's. <laughs> That's an effective commercial. Oh, I M&M's. Only the red and green ones. Oh, they're making their own M&M's. Hardcore. That is true. Not in your hand. There's a place where Christmas dreams come true. The Kmart Toy Store. <laughs> Look inside and see what we've got. Okay, All the great new toys you and your kids will love a lot. It's been a long we've time since we had a Kmart. I mean, there's one like a couple miles away from us. That should come as no surprise. And there's a Walmart. And phones and board games. Yeah, there's a Walmart. Exactly. With Hasbro, Bradley, Mattel, Kenner, Fisher, Price, and Ideal. Down in Gonzales. All the makers you've come to trust. We've been stocking up with a big Christmas rush. But before any of those toys got a real elf, we give them something very nice. We pick them up and give them a low, low Kmart price. Christmas dreams <laughs> can come true. It certainly it's happened before. I think little people are and employed a, a lot more in the 80s the really yeah. than they are now. The Kmart Toy Store. Now they just, you know, and old people too, I guess. Like Benjamin really Button, like, no, we don't need you old yeah, dude. Yeah, we got We're going to make Brad Pitt old. got makeup and We're going to cut off his legs. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan, take his legs off. Come meet my special Disney friend. Old Mickey. 
Disney stuff toys. Now only at Hardee's when you buy it. I had one of those. I had the Donald Duck for those. Get a Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, Donald, or Uncle Scrooge stuffed toy for only a dollar ninety-nine. Damn, that's so expensive today. I want to buy that. They're big though. I mean, not like they're big by today's standards. I mean, then. You know, maybe Hardee's. Eight inches tall, something like that. Wake up, toys. Is that Teddy Ruxpin? No, I think they're just waking up. Oh. Someone got the family of Kodak. All the toys are playing with the camera. Photo, okay. That thing's creepy. That was creepy. <laughs> that clock face thing. And that's, that's creepy too. A, a doll that's talking. Just moving on its own, yeah. Robotically. Play with me. Join us. If I woke up and shit was under the tree, I'd be scared to death. More ice skating. It must be Campbell's soup. Oh, he represents junk food. A hobo? Yeah. The kids, if you eat right, you wear a white sweatshirt with a C on it. Look how rosy their cheeks are. My God. I think, I think the hobo put something in that soup. <laughs> We're allergic to chicken noodles. Oh my god! Yeah. All right. Well. Welcome back from that short commercial break. <laughs> Damn rosy cheeks. <laughs> of '80s Christmas commercials, and we're back for the second half of our Christmas present to all our fans out there. We just finished talking about one of the greatest movies of all time, not just the greatest Christmas movie of all time, but now we move on to one of the second best Christmas movies of all time, which is none other than the 1987 classic, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, Buddy Cop reinventing film, Lethal. Weapon. Hey Riggs. Danny, Danny Glover, is that you? <laughs> no. You're sweating profusely, sir. Are you all right? Are you having a heart attack? I want to. <laughs> I think Danny Glover sweats so much. I think if he he sweats in a pool, like underwater. It's an easy impression to fake. Yeah. That's for sure. Winded old person. Winded. <laughs> yeah. Danny Glover. Yeah. I'm too old for this shit. Yep. But yes, the Lethal Weapon Classic, released March 6, 1987, a little less than a year before Die Hard, actually. Uh, it opened one week before another 80s classic, which we'll be revisiting around the holiday season next year. By holiday season, I mean the Halloween season, because I'm talking about Evil Dead 2, the Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi classic. Mm. But uh, IMDb gives Lethal Weapon a 7.6, and Rotten Tomatoes an 86% fresh. So IMDb... Die Hard's rated a little better. Lethal Weapon's rated uh, a little I'd less. Say quite a bit better, huh? Yeah, seven point six versus an eight point three. So, mm. a decent for IMDb. That's pretty pretty significant. Uh, the budget was fifteen million estimated. Had a six point eight opening. Excuse me. Domestic gross, however, was sixty five point two, and the worldwide gross doubled it to one hundred twenty million. It was the eighth highest grossing film for nineteen eighty seven. So, Very nice. And of course, mm -hmm. it, it was directed by the great Richard Donner, who also did every other Lethal Weapon of the four. And also that classic Superman film, uh, the original Christopher Reeve, the only Superman that I care to, Pretty to recognize. Yeah. He'll always be Superman to me. Written mm. by Shane Black, another 80s revisited alumni uh, from Predator. He was Hawkins. Uh, we talked about it on mm -hmm. uh, episode four, uh, our last episode, actually. Uh, he also wrote Kiss Kiss, Bang, Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, and the action classic The Last Boy Scout. And the now crazy Mel Gibson was Mr. Martin Riggs. It, it was like foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, it's like crazy play yourself in this. And then, uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, of course, most people remember Mel, 
That's right. Mm-hmm. Correct. Dinner's ready. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, he was mainly in, uh, most people remember now, remember, remember him from Braveheart, of course. Cool. And uh, also, of course, Payback. And one of your favorite movies as well stars Mr. Mel Gibson, Pretty Crazy, which would be the M. Night Shyamalan, the Ding Dong classic. Signs. That is correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's, it's funny because it is kind of foreshadowing. It's funny that you mentioned that because he did, he basically became Martin Riggs without losing his wife, but mm-hmm. just, well, I guess he did. He divorced her in reality and became crazy. She didn't, you know, die in an accident like in the movie or mm. whatever. And then, How uh, did she die? Did they They said it. And I, I was trying to remember. As I was talking right there, but I couldn't remember it in time to say anything. So I was hoping we'd just get past it to not show my inequity to mm. know how she but died. But you sure they showed it? They said it. I mean, like, said it? I want to say it was a car accident or something. Oh. I know or she I died like 11 years ago from the movie <laughs> or something like that. It was like a couple, you know, several years, but it, I want to, I could have swore it was a car accident or a fire. I don't know why a fire is jumping out of me, but I don't think it was a fire. I don't remember. Well, it could have been Not a car wreck. No, it wasn't 11 years ago. How old would he have been then? He'd have been young. Yeah. It was just a couple years, I thought. Yeah, maybe 11 months. It was something yeah. like that. I thought I remember seeing a lot. I watched this a lot before. I didn't watch it right before the podcast. I watched it like about two months ago, actually. Uh, and that's what made me think about it. But uh, yeah, of course, Braveheart payback signs. Pre crazy Mel Gibson was a great yeah. road warrior. I, I, 80s classic. Really like Mel Gibson. And it's just a shame crazy. now. I mean, it's a, it, unfortunately it's you know it's just hard because of what happened to even watch any some of his old stuff without thinking about that. Mm-hmm. You know. What's the last movie you've seen in, him in? Like the most recent yeah. movie? Uh, There's a list. I saw The Beaver. That was 2011. Uh, Edge of Darkness was the last one, which was, I liked it. I, I think mean, I saw Edge of Darkness. I did. Yeah, I went to theaters. Mine, Signs. It was a good movie. but uh, Signs, 2002. Yeah. Singing Detective. Oh, I, remember, oh, I think like Downey Jr. was in that too or something. But uh, I've heard of Edge of Darkness. I heard Get the Gringo yeah. is really good, which I haven't That's seen. That's on it, Netflix. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. But it's just, it's really hard to look at it, even watching The Road Warrior or something now. It's just like, God, like, why, Mel? <laughs> Why'd you flip out and go batshit crazy? <laughs> but yeah, in this movie, God, he's so awesome. The business. The perfect hair. <laughs> like, <laughs> Michael Landon, eat your heart out. Mel Gibson had it in yeah. this movie. But of course, also starring the great Danny Glover, who's always sweating and out of breath as Roger Murtaugh. And Danny Glover, you know, we ra- I like to razz him a bit, you know, like, because he's funny and. He's sort of a poor man's Morgan Freeman in a way. He, Danny Glover is to Morgan Free is to Morgan Freeman that? what Ethan Hawke is to Tom Cruise. Just like, oh, we can't get Morgan Freeman. Let's get. Yeah, good thought. No, no, not necessarily in the eighties. Uh, mm. Not about that. Uh, now, nowadays, modernly. Oh, nowadays. Nowadays, I would yes. say that, but not in the eighties. He was, you know, he did a lot big. more action. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of anything Morgan Freeman done that's action. One know? thing where he's actually in the action. He's in the action. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the movie, but he's not. He's going to talk to the dudes before they go out and kick mm-hmm. ass. Like that, glory or. That was the first thing I wrote, I wrote down on this movie. Yeah. Well, the first thing I wrote down was titties. titties. Yeah. Titties. And how quickly I saw boobs. You but, are a heterosexual. Yeah. <laughs> that was a test. But um, another one is they just barge into him taking a bath. To celebrate his birthday. Yeah, that's with, odd. The whole family. I don't mind my wife, mm-hmm. of course, and I'm, I don't mind at all. But yeah, that is to have kids. your <laughs> your like 13, 14, whatever, 15-year-old daughter and then your little kids with you, just right above you, you you're not like taking a bubble bath, so they could see down there if they really mm-hmm. wanted to, unless you take a bath with your underwear on. Yeah, m- maybe, maybe they're that kind of family. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> that, that wouldn't... <laughs> 
That's not going to happen in my household. They just didn't cover that. And they bring part. the cake in there, and he blows around, and he has to kiss all his kids before they leave. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very awkward. It's like, oh, yeah. that's the kind of people you are. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the modern family? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm In the 80s, we I didn't guess. didn't do that. I didn't do that. <laughs> anyway. Glad you called funny. that. It's funny. Gary Busey's in that's correct, but going back to Danny Glover, I'm what I was getting at. Oh, excuse me. I thought hey, you were done with Glover. The reason I have to say that, because <laughs> Danny Glover did fight and kill a predator. So, mm-hmm. you know, only two other people can say they did that, being, well, I don't count the AVP movies, because I don't, those suck. But uh, <laughs> you know, he's in good company with Schwarzenegger, Adrian Brody, and Danny Glover, you know, the only actors to slay a predator. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Predator 2, of course, and then he was in Saw. Poor guy. And of course, one I, is, I, I didn't mind the first Saw. It's just the acting. I, I, I the like acting the story. Was horrible, but, yeah. But it's just the acting. It just it's just so hard. I hate. I it would have been great if it. they would have had good acting in that movie. Yeah. They would have had the budget to get like good acting because then I think it'd be a classic. Exactly. As opposed to you know a money making. <laughs> I'm trapped in a room with. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, and I wouldn't have thought he would have been that bad, Carrie Elwes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, we're talking Wesley from yeah. The Princess Bride and Robin Hood mm-hmm. from Men in Tights. Uh, so it was definitely shocking, I but I did read up again. on that. But it's because a lot of the bad acting, there is an, I think there is a valid excuse for it. And in that film, the budget was so tight, they only had time to do, they didn't do any rehearsals. So sometimes the first take was the one they had to use because they didn't have time. Uh-huh. And that's a simple factor of it, which is understandable. I mean, we, we're kind of, you know, we know when we're shooting stuff, like we do it 10, 12 times to try to get something decent, you know, between mm-hmm. us, amateur actors. Uh, and sometimes we still don't get it. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> When Jesse decides not to beat us with his whip. Yep. Uh, but, of course, Danny Glover was also one of his biggest <laughs> roles. The or most uh, Stun gun. Remembered, too, was uh, in The Color Purple. He was in that. It was, of course, a huge Angels movie at the in time the outfield? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you remember that because I didn't. Yeah, he's the no, yeah, He's the coach. Yeah. He, he kind of overacted in that one, I think. Like, yeah, he's he full, he's, er, mm. Everybody else is gently flapping their wings. And he's like, he's doing a chicken, not an angel. He's like, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> As you went, yeah, Gary, the great Gary Busey, who I actually had the privilege of talking to on the phone one time. My mom was shopping in have California. I've seen a picture in, of uh, At a Ralph's, which they don't have them out here. And uh, she calls me like, Trey, who's that guy that's in, that's the crazy guy on TV? And uh, he's in uh, the movie with Keanu Reeves. I'm like, Gary Busey? And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's him. I think I see him in the store here. I'm like, well, go talk, you know, just go say hello. You know, I, I, you're in a public place. He's not going to hurt you. I mean, he's not that, he's not... <laughs> he's not going to harm you. It's not that crazy. You know, because she was like freaking out, like, but he's so crazy. Four hospital bills later. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't found all the pieces of my mother. <laughs> but, uh, and like, I'm like, she's like, well, what do you want me to do? I'm like, well, go talk to him. Tell him to call me. I'll talk to him. You're joking. Right. And then, like, she calls back and goes, hey, Trey, someone here wants to talk to you. I'm like, and the, I'm like, that, my stomach <laughs> that drops. Feeling, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm about to say, are you shit. You know, I'm about to say, are you fucking kidding me, mom? But I don't use that language in front of my mother. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hello. And he's like, hey, Trey. Gary Busey, and I'm like, oh. I'm like, hello, Mr. Busey, <laughs> and uh, I, uh, mom, as he was talking on the phone to me, my mom took a picture, but also your cousin Michael Hathcox was there, and this was before iPhone. I didn't, my phone didn't actually have a speaker phone, otherwise I put it on speaker. <laughs> but I'm like talking to me, and the advice that Gary Busey gave me was that Quite he said, uh, <laughs> he said, uh, you have to be, you have to be strong because you got to grow old, because you have to. And that's what he told me. And what was your reaction? Then? I was like, thank you for your wisdom, Mr. Busey. <laughs> I said something like that, but I was, I was in shock. Like, I'm actually talking to Gary Busey. This is amazing. And uh, he was wearing a refuse to lose t-shirt. And 
loud 80s jams <laughs> in the picture. Uh, I, I said, I, I, actually, I'll post it on the Awesome Podcast Network Facebook page. There you uh, go. By the way, he acted badass in this movie. Oh, well, like pre cocaine and motorcycle wreck, he, good he was a good actor. Yeah. And, sp- and he also reunited with Danny Glover in Predator 2. Dude, Gary Busey didn't take down the Predator. The hmm. Predator cut him in half. He's a lot better actor than his son. Dog. <laughs> God, that, speaking of horse face people, on, that dude is like the male equivalent Starship of Sarah Troopers, Jessica Parker. Yeah, yeah. Like the well, second you see him, you're like, is that Gary Busey? What was that had, show he had? Uh, or he was oh, on? Oh, uh, I am with Busey or something with uh, Busey. Yeah, with the. I'm with Busey or. It was something like that. And then his son had a show too called. Uh, it didn't show last very funny, long. by the way. Shasta yes. McNasty. Yeah. On USA Network, I think. Yep. And the only reason I know it because. You see, you know, oh, Gary, he he is a spitting image of Gary Busey. What if, uh, I guess if Gary Busey got like his chin stuck in like a, a taffy puller and kind of stretched it a Stretch little bit. It, yeah. Made him a little <laughs> taller. Like he was in he a went fun to, house mirror. He visited Willy Wonka's factory and was one of the bad kids. Yeah. Well, that re- I don't know if that's recent or not, but God, it's like I've never seen people look so much like their father than that dude. Yeah. Especially young, you know, from Lethal Weapon. Like if they remake it, get him to play. Mr. Joshua. <laughs> Who would play the Murtaugh in the... In this day and age? Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Morgan. Keep him old. Well, he's got to be an older gentleman. Denzel and Hugh Jackman. Denzel Hugh Jackman being Hugh that Jack- young? Uh, hey, no, I, being Riggs. No, you know, you, that's actually not too bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, would see, I would see that in a second. Like, if they said, we're making Lethal Weapon... With Hugh Jackman and Denzel Washington, I'm damn right I want to see it. Now they say, <laughs> we're remaking it with Jonah Hill and uh, the... Channing Tatum. Yeah. Just like they did. <laughs> now I will say, Jump 21 Jump Street, I did enjoy. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I like, like, it was, and I hate Channing Tatum. I hate him to death. I do too. But I enjoyed that movie. I laughed a lot in that movie. It was really good. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to think of Chris Rock. Well, Chris Rock was in A Lethal Weapon. Yeah, he was. Uh, I don't know. Aziz Ansari and... Jonah Hill. Really? I would. Oh, you would no, not see. Yeah, that. I yeah. would. I would eat shit before I would see that <laughs> because I hate Aziz Ansari. If that's how you even pronounce the yeah. fucker's name, be like, God, I hate that dude. I could go on a rant on that. Uh, I gotta do it. You can't see Jonah. It's Hill Christmas time. Crazy. I'm know. just thinking of the Michael Sarah. I don't know. Some. I don't care. Some young whoever's hot. Someone now. who would put a Channing gun in Tatum his mouth. Tatum and whatever. Uh, crazy. The dude I said Aziz. You know, some other minority to play Murtaugh. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. What about like Chris Pine? I like Chris Pine. He, I mean, he's awesome as Star Trek. I mean, that's all, I've seen him in that. And then, it all depends what kind of mood they want. You yeah. Know. But I think, you know, if you go like to the Hugh vet, Jackman and... Yeah, because look at the original. You have two established stars mm-hmm. with that can act. You know, you have good actors. It's, they didn't... I don't believe they picked them because they were, let's get the hottest actor right now, you know, or whatever. Then they might have got Schwarzenegger and, uh, I don't know, who it's Richard Pryor or something. In the 80s. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Don't be surprised if there's another one. I'm prior going surprise too fucking me. old for this. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then somebody heckles him, like one of the neighbors, when he says that finally. <laughs> <And then he laughs> says, I would have loved to see Superman 3, the R-rated version, because Richard Pryor's in it. Oh. That would have been so badass. Richard Pryor's amazing. Although Superman mm-hmm. 3 does have one of my favorite moments from any Superman film. Have you ever seen Superman 3? Which, who's it's the, one, the villain? It's the, it's the computer, the robot. They make no. a computer to fight him. But there's a... The, it's so badass. And like I get I, I get chills watching this scene. 
But anyway, they make Superman bad with like red kryptonite or something. And like he, it's a, it's a, it's funny at first because he goes into a bar, takes a shot. <laughs> Superman does. Christopher Reeve, all, he's got a. Fight. He looks like Razor Ramon. He looks like Scott Hall because he's like he's got a little bit of a tan. Remind for some me to reason. ask you something about the emblem after this. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he goes to the bar and he like laser visions the uh, bottles and destroys the bar as drunk Superman. And he pushes a kid away, running up to him like Superman. Superman's like, eh. yeah. <laughs> pushes the kid away, sinks that he like sinks the aircraft and uh, uh, oil an oil rig thing, and uh. Anyway, but then, like, he comes to a junkyard because he's trying to... It's wearing off, I guess, the red kryptonite, and the good Superman's coming back. But then, like, he's standing there, and, like, it's an 80s effect. He steps to the side, and then Clark Kent's there. So he's fighting himself. Ooh. It's like a mental battle, so to speak, but they play it out physically to where, uh, you know, him as the Clark Kent character is fighting, you know, bad Superman, and it's awesome. <laughs> but then, like, eventually, like, he, he kills Clark Kent, like, several times, but he doesn't die because he's Superman, too. And then, anyway, you know... uh Awesome fight scene. Look it up on YouTube. But then eventually, good super, uh, Clark Kent strangles the bad Superman. And, like, he just disappears. And it's, it's Clark Kent. Then he looks up. He opens his shirt. And it's Superman. It's the, you know, the real Superman. The good Superman. He flies off. Oh, man. My heart's racing just thinking about that scene. Which, uh, we'll have to do some of the Superman on here, too. Maybe when Man of Steel is coming out or something. Um, but about the emblem. Jude has a Superman shirt. Mm-hmm. Which is badass. But the shirt has stuff... Black like goo oozing off of the Superman emblem. What is that for? Is, is there a, something new with the comics? I don't read Superman. I, I don't like. I don't. Yeah. I do not like the Superman character in comics because it, you know, it kind of looks like Venom. Like yeah, kind of going. Yeah, what color is the shirt? It's a regular shirt. I mean, um, I mean it's like a black shirt. Blue. Or, so it's blue with the logo and then black crap dripping off the yes. logo. Yes. I don't know, unless that was something around maybe the death of Superman, or I don't know how old the shirt is, or... I have no clue. But like I said, I don't read the comics, uh, because I, I loved Superman comics when I was younger. And actually, me and... Uh, I don't know. I think Actually, me and Jesse had this talk the other day. Uh, when you're a kid, you love Superman, because he can do everything. But then as you get older, you're like, okay, his only weakness is kryptonite, pretty much. So he has to be out-thunk. And then uh, I, think, I think as you get older, Superman loses... His awesomeness in your eyes. I still like the character. I mean, it's still I love, Christopher Reeve is awesome. I love the movie. Also, yeah. Besides the kryptonite, he doesn't have any flaws in his. Well, in general, he doesn't have any flaws in his person. Yeah, pretty much, unless you know something they, they yeah. think of something to make it. Uh, and in the comics, they made him to where like there was one point in the comics where Superman can move worlds. Like he could push a planet, which that's just, why. What villain is going to fight that? You know, I mean, nobody can compete with that. But anyway, uh, I think. I think that I think you kind of graduate from Superman to Batman, because mm-hmm. Batman is such a—he's the only superhero that you could actually be. You could literally—they even had that thing that that came out like for so and so billion or million dollars. You could literally be Batman because you could buy all the shit and you know you could have Couldn't the same. You, well, nah. You know, I was about to say if you were just extremely rich, beyond your wildest yeah, imagination, you could be Batman. You could be you Iron Man. I mean, we don't. There's no such thing. I mean, there's no such. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know you could survive without heart, or what? With that thing charging you. Yeah, but the the purpose of the 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 thing is that like you, Batman is attainable. Yeah. If you have enough money and devote yourself to a cause, you can become Batman. I guess the only other reasonable comparison, you could, yeah, you could be the Punisher if your family gets murdered in front of you, and you know you want to go on a killing spree, you could be the Punisher. If you, yeah. You know, if you but, have that drive. Yeah, but the Punisher. I mean, every Punisher comic you ever read, he gets his ass kicked before he kills the person he goes after. But Batman is attainable, and Batman's fallible. He has weaknesses. Batman can be beat. Batman has been broken. 
Superman, like, you know, yeah, you know, they, oh, I have kryptonite, um, I'm not ridiculing Dark Knight Returns, but because it's awesome, because Batman beats him with kryptonite gloves, basically. But, you know, oh, you know, a, a, a kryptonite bullet. You know, but, but kryptonite's supposed to be super rare, but, like, every villain he fights has some of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... But anyway, the point is, like, Superman, I think every kid loves Superman, but there comes a point where you graduate to, like, Spider-Man and Batman and the more relatable characters. Because Superman's an alien, you know? he's yeah. And he's practically unbeatable. I mean, again, I don't read recent comics, so maybe they've changed something. I have no clue. But uh, anyway, weren't we talking about Lethal Weapon? Yeah. <laughs> a couple of tangents there. Well, we know you guys are used to it, so we hope you enjoyed that. And then scream at the screeners like, talk about the movie. But uh, we, God, we can get through the cast yet. <laughs> we talk about Gary yeah, Busey. Go. <laughs> uh, yeah, and also Tom Atkins, the great Tom Atkins, an 80s iconic uh, B-movie actor, was uh, Michael Hunsacker, the general. Uh, he was in a very famous, uh, under, uh, not I want to say rare, but I'm, I'm uh cult classic called Night of the Creeps. Uh, and also Halloween 3, which was the only Halloween movie that didn't have nothing to do with Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. But he's played in a lot of stuff. He, he's sort of a... He's a blonde Tom Selleck. Can I say that? Because he, he used to always have a mustache. He was uh, usually like oh, kind of white-haired or blonde. What I remember from is he's like the head boss in Liar Liar. You're right. <laughs> That's exactly... Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. As I take a sip of my lemonade to wet my palate. To wash this down. my palate. I wish I had a tasty burger to wash down. I'm hungry. Anyway, uh, Lethal Weapon trivia, everybody. Uh, Franco Zeffirelli reportedly decided to offer Mel Gibson the role in a Hamlet, the Hamlet version that Mel Gibson did, which was actually really good. It had Helena Bonham Carter in it as Ophelia uh, after seeing his suicide contemplation in this movie. <laughs> like, that's what got him, like, the role in Hamlet. And I, I guess I should say, other two, for people who love Lethal Weapon, we actually, Dana watched the director's cut, which has, I didn't tell you about that either, but uh, some uh, the scene at the school shooting scene with the, the guys up top at the oh, school. Yeah. That that's not that's in the director's cut only. Oh, wow. especially in light of the tragedy up in I think Connecticut or wherever, yeah. uh, where he's walking towards the dude because yeah. you know, and that's only in the director's cut. Uh, there's one other scene I wanted to tell you about that wasn't in that version, but I can't remember right now. Maybe I'll think about it. But yeah, uh, especially in light of recent events, uh, that's something you would see in a movie, especially now for a long time, if ever again. Yeah. Uh, but uh, of course, it was filmed in Los Angeles as the opening shows where the chick. Practically jumps out of the Capitol Records building. Uh, Scantily clad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After taking a hit of... Poison lace. Yeah, poison lace cocaine. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of... They had a name for it. I was, thinking, I was trying to think of the name for it, but then I realized... I stopped talking because I realized I was thinking of National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon, <laughs> which parodies this movie yep. <laughs> with William Shatner and uh, Samuel L. Have you, have you seen Loaded Weapon? Oh, it's like the second funniest National Lampoon's movie after Christmas Vacation. I don't think I've watched one National Lampoon. Movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Even Christmas Vacation? Mm-mm. Oh, man. We had another <laughs> Next week year. in December, huh? <laughs> Next year, mark my words. Uh, <laughs> but they filmed the movie in July uh, of the uh, 86, and it released in March of 87. They had to hung Christmas decorations on Hollywood Boulevard early <laughs> so it, could, it would be Christmas time in hmm. Los Angeles especially the action scenes near the end of the movie, like the driving where they're running out. Uh, and the, the chick at the beginning with the titties and everything that we really like and is a great actress, uh, Jackie Swanson, she did that jump on her own from the building. Mm-hmm. And this is awesome. If you go back and watch it again, uh, she didn't have training before she did it. She didn't say, okay, you know, you're an actress, jump out the building. Uh, they actually, the, you know how the camera's over her? And she falls a long way 
and you're like you're thinking it's going to cut. It's a really long shot. They actually painted the airbag that she lands on to look like the ground, like a top of a car, side, you know, an illusion, an mm-hmm. optical illusion, basically. And that allowed them in editing. They held the shot until literally she hit the airbag. That's why if you watch Dang. it again, she falls and falls and like she's getting pretty close to the ground, but it's the airbag painted. And right before she hits, you know, it cuts to the hitting the car. Uh-uh. Hmm. So that was real. I never heard of that before. Like where they you know done something like that. But again, a practical effect from the eighties. It's awesome. Uh, Danny Glover, you know, Roger Murtaugh is fifty years old in the movie, but when Glover was doing the role, he was only forty. Uh-huh. So he had to play. Chewbacca's Chewy. here in my pocket. <laughs> Man, he won't shut up. No, Jesus. <laughs> but uh, this is funny, too. Uh, Gary Busey said that he was hired to play Joshua because they were looking for someone big and menacing enough to be a believable foe for Mel Gibson, which they do kind of pair up well at, that, at this point, at this era of Busey, not like Point Break Busey, uh, about you know six, seven years later. But uh, it's funny. he was pretty menacing. His name's Joshua. It's not a menacing name. Yeah. Well, they call him, well, he's like Mr. Joshua. Uh, but, uh, he doesn't have a last name. What kind of movie does that? <laughs> Lethal so fucking like, weapon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's menacing. Have you, have you seen these, I assume? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, like he holds, uh, like he holds his arm times. out and he puts the lighter right under it. And yeah. He's a badass in this, guaranteed. But he, he credits, Busey credits Lethal Weapon for sort of revitalizing his career a little bit. I really That's like uh, when he's talking to Mel G- uh, to Riggs before he's getting... Um, Tortured. Yeah, yeah, that's a great. I like that. I love that whole, that whole scene. scene. Is awesome. Yeah. And God, Mel Gibson's so awesome. It's just like God. Again, every movie is tortured though. Pretty much, yeah. Braveheart. <laughs> payback. He's yeah. He's yeah, emotionally yeah, that's tortured. The worst one. Have you signs. seen Payback? Yes. Uh, I don't remember the scene. Uh, he's tied up at the end. I think it's Chris Christopherson actually is torturing him. <laughs> but they take a ball hammer, and they break his toes. No, they don't show it. But the sound effect in that movie when they do it. Sounds exactly how I'd imagine that to sound, and it makes me wince every time I see it. Well, he's spiritually tortured in signs. Yeah. yeah, this is a little. I wasn't gonna play the audio. No. I was just gonna YouTube with Mel Gibson getting tortured. Yeah. Oh yeah, Mad Max. Mad Max. Is he tortured right there though? They drag him, don't they? Oh, I would. Yeah, I would call that torture. I guess. That's a crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I'll add the music. We're just gonna. Play I hate that. when they do that. Yeah. Road Warrior is so that, much better than yeah, Mad Max. There's the lethal, there's lethal weapon. weapon. And guy, he's, he's like a he's like a caged animal in that scene. It's like so good. Very fun. Uh, now this is awesome. Going back to National Lampoon's, which Christmas Vacation, which we just mentioned, and it is Christmas. And this is a Christmas movie. It starts with a Christmas song, uh, Christmas decorations, like I said, and everything. But here's the truest Christmas connection to this movie: Roger Murtaugh's house. It's on the back lot of uh, the studio. If you look next door to their house, that is the Griswolds' house from <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, wow. which you haven't mm-hmm. seen, unfortunately. But uh, so basically, when you watch Christmas Vacation, and because he fused with his neighbors in that movie, mm-hmm. the house they're walking out of is the Murtaugh house. Mel Gibson beat the shit out of Gary Busey on that lawn. <laughs> That's awesome. And wow. then vice versa. They don't only really show the neighbor ho- the Griswold house, and Lethal Weapon much where you can notice it, but. That's they're literally neighbors. They're film <laughs> neighbors, so to speak. That's funny. Which is really funny. Uh, and the body count, like I said, it is over higher than uh, Die Hard, which was twenty two, but not by much. Single digits. Twenty eight. A little lower. Twenty twenty five. One. No, twenty three. One higher. Twenty six. Twenty six. No. Twenty six confirmed kills in this movie. Hmm. And they're all really badass. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
She's like, like, like you saw that that torture scene, just so awesome, especially when they're talking. And then I love when he's sitting there getting tortured, laughing, and just just grabs a dude with his legs and. But yeah, he's like, okay, so awesome. this, this is I'm over with this. And yeah, he's, he's like, like, I'm done. <laughs> you know, God. And, then, and really, and the thing, like, ugh, if I could talk without stud, 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 stuttering. Uh, stutter. I love. Stutter. I think that what grants this movie a little more dramatic effect than say like Die Hard. Uh, in Lethal Weapon is the, the character arcs, the fact that uh, Mel Gibson's character in this movie, you know, he wants to die. Like when he, like in the deleted, in the director's cut scene where he's walking towards the school shooter, you know, he he, he oh, doesn't yeah. care if he lives or dies. He wants to die. Mm-hmm. You know, he puts the gun in his mouth. You know, he jumps off the building with the dude. He does, he has no, he want, he has no care in the world to die. You know, he doesn't, it doesn't matter to him. But then through his friendship with Murtaugh, it's like, because he becomes a member of their family, basically, in the end where he comes in for Christmas and all that. I mean, it's, it's so good that, uh, which is why the first one's always going to be better than any of the other ones, but uh, I think it's because of that character. That character arc in this movie comes complete, so to speak. And It's new. It's yeah, the new thing. Yeah, exactly. And that just makes it a little more special and a little sweet that he becomes a Murtaugh, so to speak. Uh, you ready for my... Yeah, if you want. Sure. Cause, cause I want yeah, to that's all the trivia. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, wait. I never even asked you what you thought of the damn thing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> go ahead. We're doing this on Christmas Eve Eve, so like I'm excited for the holidays, and we're just talking, having a good time. So Daniel Santangelo, <laughs> after we went over all this other shit already, which we normally don't do, what did you think of Lethal Weapon, my friend? I actually like Lethal Weapon a little bit more than Die Hard. I, I understand. Mm. Uh, mainly because... Huh? Me too. Mainly because of the... Well, Mel Gibson one, but there's... More to me, more memorable scenes. That scene was awesome. Just the, the Christmas. My favorite's the Christmas tree where he's buying, trying to buy the Christmas or buying the cocaine. Yeah. Right, oh yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the Christmas tree. I like, throw him one of these trees too. I like the the potential suicide when he's just going up there to chat yeah. with him and say, "Well, are you gonna jump? Let's yeah, go. I mean, let's yeah. do it." <laughs> yeah. It's just some really really cool scenes. The the um. It's in the crazy. Speaking of which, the scene right before that where he takes his gun, Murtaugh's it's gun, and like pretty, stops it by you know he. Mm. He would have shot himself right there, mm. right before doing that. I mean, it's God. Was it right just, after? It was right after. I think when he told him out. He's yeah, a great great actor. I mean, and Murtaugh is, he's Danny Glover's a really. He's not one to me that will carry ever carry a movie. Yeah, but he's a be, one of the better sidekicks you can have. In oh a yeah. Movie. Um, you know, nice little family man guy on here, and then he comes across this. Crazy maniac, pretty much. <laughs> right now, we're watching the. He's uh, literally a maniac. The rooftop suicide uh, scene. Like, it, I just enjoy this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, w- I don't remember a lot about it when I watched it. I watched it one time before. I do remember this scene, mm-hmm. but just, just the, uh, like the badass at the end when you finally see that all that Tai Chi and stuff that he talked about yeah. that uh, Murtai talked about that he did, and then. The fight at the end. I mean, come on. That's, that's just to really, me. That's really the second good. best like fight. hand on hand fight <laughs> of all time. The only one that beats it is They Live, which you haven't seen, but you will. And there's because a, of length. It's just uh, it's just badass. I don't uh, know. There, there's something uh, charming about that one. Cause, I mean, what's well, Roddy Roddy Piper? Right. And Keith right. David. I really and like this. It just keeps going. It's so going. realistic though, because it's like they beat the show each other. And, like they take a breather, <laughs> limp over to the other person, and keep fighting. I like the Debo fight in Friday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a good fight. Using a brick and everything. Yeah. And he's talking about just hand-to-hand fighting. Like, yeah. I thought that was a pretty good fight. I mean, 
the conclusion of this movie is just god so epic mm-hmm. you go from but the, I've never seen the second one the third one or fourth and I want to watch them as far as moments go they all have moments yeah. they all have great moments in those four games. was the only one I was just like eh. really I thought it concluded <laughs> it fine I mean it, it ended it well but it was yeah. just like that's like for example like the, the DVD I have of it is all, all one through four like I'll watch one two and three I don't know, a I lot. enjoyed four too I, just, I don't know it, to me it was just like I don't know I really yeah. can't explain how, it. How, I just yeah. how are the villains in the next three well of course I would say four didn't have the best one but it was huh? Jet Li it was Jet, Jet Li was in four yeah. fight four. like this little no gives and shoulders and I remember seeing Joe oh, Pesci I remember a lot of moments in four I guess that's why it sticks Joe, out to me Joe Pesci Joe Pesci he comes in in three I think is he a for, bad guy really that late no, I think he's in three. I think that's I think where he was on the little cover art. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. like Rene Russo. In like yeah, who's, right. who's the bad guy in two? I don't remember right now. I'm trying to think. I'll get that information. Continue talking. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Rene, because uh, by the time I get to four is basically uh, a celebration of all the movies in a sense because you got all the characters. You got Rene Russo back, you got Joe Pesci, you got Chris Rock. And they added, I think they added, no, they added Chris Rock in four. They added Chris Rock in four. Yeah, and then... Jet Li was one of like he was like the he was sort of the Mister Joshua. Okay, so Joe Pesci was in part two. Oh, he was. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's right because he was they expanded his role. They brought him back in three because I remember the, I remember the movie poster. It's got them back to back and it's got like Joe Pesci peeking Behind. over and it's yeah. like handwritten like and Joe Pesci. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any of those names ring a bell over here? It's the mm. Mark Rolson as the bad guy. I don't remember who it was. Oh, oh, I don't. God. Hans, such a common bad guy name. <laughs> poor Germ- poor people named Hans. Like yeah. you have to grow up to be a villain, my child. You are named Hans for a reason. This the yeah. one that ends at the construction yard. I thought that was three with Rene Russo. That's three. I thought. Oh, okay. Yeah, it might be. Don't three. spoil it. Okay, <laughs> that's true. Don't spoil Forgot it. You actually want to see this movie? No, I, I don't want. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are, I'm not saying four. Don't get me wrong. Four is not bad, but it's just it's definitely my least favorite. And I remember more. I remember I mean, that was the only one I ever saw in a theater, so I actually remember a little bit more about it, I guess, than two or three. Hmm. How about that? I like the just the little things. Whenever um, Murtaugh finds out, he's like, "By the way, you're gonna have a new sidekick," and then he pulls uh, oh, Riggs pulls in? out the gun. Yeah, he's just the face that Riggs like. Yeah, he's got a oh, gun. He, no he cameras looks, moving at him. He's all, yeah, he looks away like, like who's face. got a gun? <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> That's an awesome shot. Well, I think, and the biggest thing I think that makes these movies so awesome is you know, when two actors have chemistry, mm-hmm. it shows, like, you know, Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. You put them in a love story, it's going to be good. Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Uh, and this is the this is the bro example. Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Like, they're so badass together. <laughs> I mean, it's just awesome. Yeah, and uh, you know, and that's a testament to the writing and the, you know, especially the acting, and which is great. Yeah, I, I enjoy this movie a lot. I liked it more than Die Hard. Uh, when you get to a score, I'll give you a score. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll touch on that. Here's the reason I like Die Hard more. Uh, this is Lethal Weapon is a better movie. Like the whole pack, like this, I like the story. You know, it's yeah. it's such a good moving movie, but. Die Hard is the movie I put on when I want to watch, just watch something and get excited. You know, it pumps me up. Yeah. You know, like, like any Arnold movie. You know, like it's one of those type Both things. Both of them are really, but really good. But Lethal Weapon is sort of like, you know, an Oscar. Not an Oscar winner, but I mean, it's like, you know, it's it's a better film. Mm-hmm. Where Die Hard is a straight-up action movie. Lethal Weapon has a heart to it. 
which you know you could say Die Hard has a little heart to it, you know, with the wife and the kids mm-hmm. and all that. But I mean, it's much more telling, just him him stopping an event, not the emotional stuff going on that takes these two characters on a journey. So Lethal Weapon's better in that regard. But I prefer, like if I want to watch something, I want to watch Die Hard, just to kind of <laughs> you know, because I don't have to pay attention basically, mm. you know, in, in regards to watching as to watching something. So, but there's no wrong answer in saying which one you like because mm. they're both. Astoundingly awesome Christmas movies, and tis the season. You'll be proud to me, spread uh, holiday cheer and bullets. Lots uh, of bullets. Words of Oz came on last not yesterday, not last night, but also um, Shining came on. You'd be proud of me. I stopped and watched some. Hell of it. yeah! You done. You done got me. <laughs> that's in that technically. I, mean, I love that There's movie. a lot of snow. See, well, that's the mm. thing. Like you know, me and, my, me and my wife were talking about this. What makes a, a song a Christmas song? You know, is it because they say Christmas in it? Is it because they talk about a reindeer? Because the reason I asked her, because we were, I was listening to Elton, Elton John's greatest hits, and Levon came on like, "This is a Christmas Levon song." Because he says Christmas, you know, he's born on Christmas Day. Like, this should count as a Christmas song. I was trying to, I was basically trying to get her to poke holes in my argument, so then I can, like, make the find the criteria myself for what makes a Christmas song a Christmas song. I'd say The Shining's a Christmas movie. I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't didn't see they, any. They had a Christmas tree in the lobby, didn't they? Someone but, decided it was a Christmas, but movie. I, I don't think they celebrated it. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't actually yeah. celebrate it, but I mean, it's that time of year. Yeah. I, the, I mean, it wouldn't be the first one I'd watch and say, oh, it's a Christmas movie, but I think yeah. if you, you could, you know, if you were saying like, I mean, well, eh, I guess you really can't. Because Gremlins <laughs> literally takes place Christmas time. Yeah. They, you know, it's, he gets he gets Gizmo but for it, Christmas. But, but yeah, but it just doesn't seem like on The Shining there's anything involved with. Yeah, like, there's no. Maybe you do a see a Christmas tree, but that's, tree, but that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's not. So I guess it wouldn't count. But still, though. I'll watch it at Christmas. Yeah, I mean, if it comes on, I'm not <laughs> going to change it unless, you know, Shawshank's on. Exactly. That's much. exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> the only one I'd probably change it to. In fact, I, I was in the bathtub the other day reading a comic book, and then I hear I heard, like, one line. I'm like, you watching Shawshank? She's like, yep. I'm like, yep. pull the Gotta plug out, out, dry yep. off. <laughs> it must it was, be watched. And it was right when Brooks was about to kill. Ah, oh, it's so sad. Brooks, Brooks. Hadley. Uh, yeah but uh, in the real world again uh, Lethal Weapon was released March 6, 1987 about a week beforehand on February 20th Konami released Contra one of the Best earliest funnest co-op games still ever created what was your favorite weapon in Contra mine was always a spread gun that's it yeah, yeah. you can't beat the spread gun I'd mm. see something else float by like yo you can get it yeah and if <laughs> I, I accident if I had to jump to dodge a bullet and pick up something that if I had the spread gun Pitch I was like off. fuck I just die mm. I didn't want it. I didn't mind the fire, and I didn't mind the laser. The laser was mm. good, but it was just so... The fire had a little bit of kind of yeah. AOE type where so a little yeah. spread to it. But. In unison, what's the contra code? Up, up, up down, 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 left, left right, left, right, B, uh, B, A, B, A, select, select start. No, no B, just B, no, A once. Yeah. B, A, select start. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> if I, I could do it in the controller. It's muscle memory. Yeah, yeah there you it's go. It's actually thinking of the buttons I'm pushing. Uh, and then... Again, March 6, 1987. On March 9th, one of the greatest albums ever made. 87? And one of the highest selling albums ever made was Thriller? released. No. Thriller was before 87, wasn't it? No. no. You it was, know, on was bon Jovi. No. <laughs> okay. By my favorite band. Oh, so it was U2. Correct. Bam. Ah. I know Trey. <laughs> his left ball's a little bit bigger than his right. All That's right. how bad I am. <laughs> <laughs> You promise you never tell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Trey loves you too. The Joshua Tree. 
Bam! I was about to say which album. There were several released in the 80s. But The Joshua Tree was released and over 25 million sold as of the Wikipedia Don't get that these days. That's right. (laughs) We probably would never get that again. You mean like that sales type thing? I don't know. I'd have to, I don't it's know how, different figures now. I yeah, because I mean, you can buy songs. You can just buy exactly. albums. Piracy is a huge issue. That's, and, that's why I don't think you would ever really get that. The only thing you could do is like the numbers, the money. You know? Yeah, that's the I only guess thing that's the only way you can calculate it and then have to like backwards adjust it yeah. to, just to see. But uh, that's like, the Joshua Tree is probably my favorite, favorite to second favorite album of all time. Which, hmm. What's you in conflict with then? The Beatles' White Album. The Beatles' White Album. Which you even, in conflict with. Even though I like Rubber Soul better to listen to, the White Album's a better album. Because yeah. there's, I mean, it's two. It, you, two records or two discs, yet a little bit better, more songs in it. Saints mm-hmm. scored a touchdown, we're happy. No. Oh, they missed it. They, they, oh, they barely did. didn't. Oh. Saints are on right now as we're recording. Yeah. We're based in Baton Rouge, if you didn't know, so we like the Saints. All right, <laughs> and get back to you. And they're our rivals, the Cowboys, so <laughs> we want them to win. But, uh... Yeah, like I mean, Joshua Tree's just from first note to last note. And the first note, the first song on the album is "Where the Streets Have No Name," and I, this is one of it's one of those songs. Like I will literally be about to get out of my car to go to a meeting, and I hear that opening. It's not. It's like a, I guess what'd you call it, Jesse? You know what I'm talking about? It's not like just a piano intro, key, huh? but I mean it's like a tone. I don't know if it's a keyboard or something or an instrument playing it, but I, I'm like, and I, it's one of those songs I know every note of. If I hear like a two second like clip, "Streets Have No Name." Mm. Like, just that like, name oh, that shit. tune you could do that easily yeah and, I, and I, I will wait till that song's over before I get out of my car it is the <laughs> caused f- you to lose a lot of business <laughs> yeah we're, we're actually filing for chapter 11 <laughs> after <laughs> the holidays what, what if autumn's like either, so you it's too. either now or or not for I'll turn it up so I can hear it in the other room <laughs> or depending on where we are we're in the car in a deserted parking lot uh, TMI but uh it is this song this song starts and ends every workout I do if I have my hmm. iPod on because you know, I want to run, I want to hide. So, you know, so it's got a. You're like, where's that damn song? <laughs> <laughs> well, on the treadmill, I am. And then, but like, it's, 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 again, it's that, it's that, you know, yeah. I mean, everybody works out a little bit. It's like there's your playlist is always music that pumps you up, so to speak. Uh, but like this, when I hear when this song comes on at the end of my workout, it, you know, it makes it motivates me to get that extra little, you know, oh. run it out a little harder mm. to at the end to close it off. And then, yeah. Mm. But I mean, what what instrument is that? I mean. That sounds just like synthesized. And, that's what I mean. I would have guessed, organ, but organ synthesizer. And that, it, the Edge's intro. Oh God, it's so beautiful. I could just be quiet and listen, but I don't want to bore all you people I out there. Run. Don't you <laughs> dare! Don't you dare! <laughs> yeah, one day we'll maybe we'll do a musical episode and we'll watch YouTube rattle and hum. It's a musical journey. Okay. Is that from the It's not like the Wall. Yeah, because it was between the Joshua Tree and uh, no, it was a recording of the Joshua Tree. Chronicles, but yeah, I mean, you can't. I mean, as far as the '80s go, name a bigger band band in the '80s than you two. You, the only logical comparison is Michael Jackson, who's a solo act. Mm. Name a bigger band in the '80s. I, I dare you. I double dog dare you, motherfucker. Maybe. Send in your yeah. Send band. it in. '80s revisited. Gmail. Plead your argument. I want to hear it. But yeah, YouTube's my favorite band, and this album, this album. I bet you won't send it, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> is. That wasn't directed at any, you know, females. That was directed in general. That wasn't a sexist yeah. remark. But uh, one thing I love about you two, and it's relevant because they're 80s. Actually, uh, we did Back to the Future, but we'll talk about it now. You know, I mean, as opposed to they are now, Touchdown Saints. Uh, 
I think I find one reason I love you too is I find that they're very ahead of their time as far as their, their sound. Uh, this is a perfect example because uh, music did kind of take a turn around the time of this album. It's a little more, the lyrics got a little better, the, it's got a little more intricate, so to speak. And then uh, the biggest comparison I can to for that argument I just gave is that uh, when they did the pop album in the 90s, it was a little more electronic. Uh, you know, it had a little more processing, I hate to use from synthesizers, but because I'm not that well versed in what they use. But, uh, and then right after that, you kind of got your dance music catching on, like the techno, not not techno, but that, you know, Justin Timberlake started having, not instruments, but, you know, that poppy stuff. Does that make yeah. any sense what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like pop I'm music. swimming in sour cream or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the album was pop, you know, so, I mean, and pop music eventually became what that album was. But, uh, and also they can write some kick-ass fucking lyrics. Dear God. And, uh, yeah, so they're, and they're still around, it, so... Even though Bono is the biggest pile of shit in the world, according to self <laughs> what, if, what if that... What if you met him? I'd rather meet 80s Bono, because now he's, like, a corporate <laughs> really? whore, whore. As if you get Not a choice. Really. Like, like, yeah, like... Who's the main guy that you would kind of... You couldn't talk to, or a girl, if you met him? I couldn't talk? What do you... I don't, you were so starstruck. Oh, who's number one for you? Oh, gee, I mean, I don't know if there is a number one because there's so many. Because I'd just be like, holy shit, you know. Like if Harrison Ford walked in, holy shit, Harrison Ford, it's Han Solo. That's I probably like you know so, like I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's so many. I mean, if Mark Hamill walked in, I'd be like, holy, you know, because if Christopher Reeve when he was alive walked rolled in, what if Angelina Jolie cool, walked in? Coffins, I wouldn't be here. quite as you know. I'd be like, holy, oh, I'm like you know, pinching myself. Like, is Angelina Jolie really here? I wouldn't do anything. Cause I love no, I know you're not going to do anything, but are you going to be know, like... Oh, it's great to meet you. Uh, watch this film, film we did called <laughs> The Pursuit of Red X, yeah. and, you know, let's make it a big budget with, you know, you can play my dead wife. <laughs> we got a flashback. <laughs> Several flashbacks. Or she could just produce the next one. Yeah. Hell, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, no, but, I mean, there's... You know, there's so many... Cele- like Schwarzenegger, you know, if whole, you know, I'll be starstruck instantly. Like, after, like, I need a second, like... <laughs> it's awesome, you know. And then like the fanboy comes out and like, oh my god, you're so awesome! I'm not, I'm not weird. I promise, I'm not weird. I just love you so much. You're so great. I'm not gay either. You're so great. I love you so much. I'm sorry. I love you so awesome. Huh? <laughs> I don't know. I assume. I mean, you don't know what you're doing in situation in a situation. I mean, well, here's an example. Yeah. You know, I went to Comic Con and got to meet Norman Reedus, but I wasn't you didn't freak you know, out. Yeah. yeah, I didn't freak it. You know, but, but I then mean, again, yeah. Norman Reedus. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Schwarzenegger or yeah. Bono or Jesus. Yeah, Elvis Presley. You know. Kevin Sorbo. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, we start. I'll be like, holy shit. You know, this would be one of those like, am I dreaming? When we were in LA for my, when my last time I visited my brother, we're out. We just got through seeing uh, Expendables 2. And I swear to God, this dude looked just like Gene Simmons. <laughs> Dressed like he looked like it from the reality show. I'm like, I think that's Gene Simmons. But he was short. Uh, and Gene Simmons is a very tall. He's like six how foot. How short plus. was he? Like, like he, I would have looked him in the eye. Like, I'm. Because oh, okay. they do have that, you know, miniature kiss. Fan. You ever heard of that? Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, this dude, he was looking in the movie, I'm like, he had the sunglasses, he had the black on, he had the fancy, smancy cowboy boots with, you know, chrome or whatever, you know. Shannon Tweed with him? No. <laughs> but I mean, he, he had his, he had a long sleeve shirt open up with a t shirt on, exactly how he looks on the show. And I'm staring. I'm like that. I'm like that, that, that's Gene Simmons. That has that dude looks just like him. And then like he's kind of walking a little. You know, I didn't go up to him and approach him. I want to say, hey, dude, you Gene Simmons? 
but uh, then naturally I didn't you owe me money. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, uh. That last kiss album was garbage, but uh, looked just like him. Like I said, I think it was too short. Too short. Maybe he is short. I think someone's as tall. No, I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure he's like, like you know him if you like he's he would dwarf us, not like you know Big Show or. <laughs> Dwarfus, but or Kevin Nash Dwarfus, but he's fairly tall. <laughs> Gene Height. <laughs> typed in Simmons, it didn't go through. Actually, well, I don't know. Don't wait for me to type, just talk. Uh, well, I'm done. I'm, I'm too podcast. interested. 6'2". Six six two. Two. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's a... This dude I saw was not 6'2", but he looked just like Gene Simmons. Hmm. So, that's what... That's what I thought. But yeah, We're getting way off subject. People love that about this. <laughs> <laughs> it was Lethal Weapon, I think. <laughs> but yeah, uh, what's your score, Daniel? I'm giving it a nine. Hell yeah. I think that's your high. No, Willow and Ghostbusters were higher. Yeah. But that's... What was Willow? 9.8. Yeah, when it was oh, like, that was the highest one. And Ghostbusters was like 9.4 or something. Or it was somewhere around there. I need to go back and listen to him to write them down so we can remember this shit. Yeah. But yeah, so now you have three movies. Your three favorite movies that we've done score-wise would be Ghostbusters. I think Willow, Shining was pretty high. I think, I think it was a nine, though. I think it was an eight something. If I had to guess, mm. if that's somebody said like, "What is the answer?" and I had to write down something, oh wait, I might have it. <laughs> I'm looking it up, but I want to oh, say wow, it was yeah, like an eight. Keep the same notebook. Yeah. Eight point eight. If I had to guess, we'll see. About that. If not, listen to the podcast and get back to us. Send us an email. Yeah. <laughs> if we don't already do, but uh, this has been fun. This is our last time you'll hear something new for us until probably the new year, maybe. I guess. Eight point six. Eight point yeah. six. That's still high on your scale. Yeah. That's, uh. You know, so we appreciate this is we haven't made a year yet, but I mean, it's the end of this year, the first year we started doing it, and uh, it's About been a four blast. Four months away from a year. It's been a lot of fun. Hope you, everybody out there, has enjoyed listening to our vocal mayhem, our mispronunciations, and well, mainly mine, uh, and all that kind of fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. But uh, we are part of the Awesome Podcast Network, and there are two or one and a half. Other podcasts on the Awesome Podcast Network. Sure. One of those being Geekly Dose, which they just released their Christmas episode. Was it yesterday? Or I listened yeah. to it yesterday. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so definitely, you know, uh, check it out for the holidays. Because then after the holidays, you might be like, oh, I should have done that over the holidays. Because Stephen goes over his top five Christmas specials, which uh, I only had seen three out of those. I had like two out of five. And the so. Muppet one, I only remember because of uh, the Fraggle Rock. When he was talking about, it, I was like. If he says there were Fraggles in it, then I did see it. Oh, yeah. Because I remember the Fraggles being in a Christmas special with the Muppet. But, uh, yeah, if you want to check out which other ones were on that list, listen to Geekly Dose with Tim Bridgewater and Stephen Nelson Deli. Mm-hmm. There's also Duo Attack, which is Jesse Sigley and his evil twin. In a blank and, chair. He's a visible friend. It's everything Hero Clicks and whatnot. And, uh, it's kind of on the shelf for a little bit. Yeah. But they're going to take it of a new option for, he- for a podcast. I don't know. Tossing but, uh, around an idea. Um,. <laughs> Real quick, I want to give a shout out. Like when we first started doing this, I mean nothing was really. I mean it wasn't even bad. Like, but Jesse has improved the studio so much. Oh yeah. Got got some new mics for us. New sp- spits uh, proof <laughs> things. Spit shields on the mic. Yeah, the old spit shields. Got some new chairs. Um, the headphones, new headphones. He's just really making it. Easy for us to come here and record, and I just want to thank him for that. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank You're you, welcome. Jesse. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank Jesse too for all that and a bag of chips. Yeah, a bag of chips. <laughs> I'll take it. No, but yeah, definitely. Uh, like Jesse said before on the podcast, you know, those old episodes are always up. So 
if you want to catch up on anything, revisit them as we Fun revisit to listen the 80s. Because, you know, we didn't have much gear back then. Yeah. Was, <laughs> you can hear the quality difference. And uh, I always listen to ours just to see how, you know, this has greatly helped my speaking skills because I found oh, at yeah. first I'd stutter over more, you know, like I try to read something or That's why we started repeat this, actually. the same thing. And we didn't want to tell you about it, but. Is this going to be a movie? It's, it's going to come out. <laughs> Is <this> tra- <laughs> the Trey's speech? That's <laughs> Trey's speech. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. It's like a camera appearance, like looking down at oh you. My yeah. <laughs> oh Normal, my god. Normal you notice why I never wanted to take your seat? So the yeah. angles of, damn you, sir. Damn you. <laughs> but yeah, even for also, the Red X commentary you said It's that. been fun. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and speaking of Red X, we are proud to say that our film that we took a hiatus to finish up. Uh, to wrap up and everything, will be premiering December 28th at a local f- film festival called the Third Street Film Festival. We'll be closing out the first night mm-hmm. uh, in the, the, I guess it's the second showcase for the day, or I forget how they have it Yeah, worded. it's the 9 p.m. show. Uh, come out if you're in downtown Baton Rouge. Or if you're you know a short drive away, come out, say so you Absolutely. listen to us on the Awesome Podcast Network, you're a big fan, blah, blah, yeah. blah, we'll bring buy you a sun. beer, oh, yeah, bring definitely. like some friends, <laughs> we'll talk about the 80s movies, and you can watch The Pursuit of Red X. And the trailer uh, is up is it on the podcast it's up page? Now. It's it's no, I, I think it's just Sigley Films uh, YouTube page. Yeah, but check out the trailer to get you excited for it. You'll see what we look at, and you will get to hear some of our singing. La, which la, I know you've heard la, some la, of this la, on the la, some of it on the podcast, and I assure you that in the movie it's a little Daniel does sing it. <laughs> Daniel cannot sing in the slightest, but Trey has a nice little voice, and Daniel, you actually you hear right. you hear Jesse more than you think you do. Oh, you hear Jesse a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dan, you got the you got piercing eyes. You are you have a you have a excellent demeanor in the film. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. You play your part well, which I yeah. won't spoil for our listeners. <laughs> but yeah, uh, are you gonna? What's the future plans for it? Are you gonna release the full thing on YouTube? The full feature? Uh, we're gonna or? just try to do festival as much as we can. If we do any more, I'll be happy. <laughs> um, you know, no guarantees, but in the end, it's gonna end up on Amazon Instant Video. Awesome! So, so you, you can, can rent check it, it out for two there. bucks. Nice. Always good. Awesome. But yeah, uh, definitely check that out. Uh, Makes you look it, forward it, it to t- It takes the next place in the 80s. Well. Mm-hmm. So, very actually, appropriate. I had a date. Uh, I'm thinking about pushing it up, but it was going to be Christmas 2013 for, for Amazon Instant Amazon. Video. Awesome. Something to look forward to, everybody, for next year for yeah. your digital stockings. Uh, and don't forget, everybody, too, as we talked last week on our 25th episode, we do have a contest going on right now. And I'll tie this in, too. Geekly Dose also has one going on. And it's actually. Very, uh, they're actually the same thing. So, uh, if you didn't catch their episode, you can uh, we'll go over here too for you. But uh, anyway, we're looking for a new segment. Uh, your ideas for a new segment, I should say. We, we keep this show very free form and off the cuff, and uh, you know we go on tangents, as you've heard several times this very episode, everybody. Uh, but we're looking, you know, for your ideas of what you would like to hear a segment we have. Of course, we added the Back to the Future one, where we kind of come back and talk about something current a little bit briefly. But we want to hear what you have to say. And just send it, uh, you can message it to us on Facebook, on the Awesome Podcast Network, or at our email, which is 80srevisited at gmail.com. There's no apostrophe in that, just 80srevisited. Uh, and your prize will be a prestige edition of Modern Warfare 3 for PlayStation 3. Oh, brought to you. I think that's a neat idea. Me too. <laughs> brought, to our, uh, brought to us and you by our good friends at Infinity Ward. And also, uh, Geekly Dose, they're looking for a new segment, too. They're actually uh, thinking about taking out their comic book segment, mm-hmm. I believe. So if you have a good idea for their show and our show, drop them a line as well at their email. Is, is it Geekly Dose at Gmail? Correct? Yeah. 
uh, over there and also on the Awesome Podcast Network Facebook page. Look us up there. Like us. Post your comments, anything you'd like to hear. And like I said, uh, they're giving away Need for Speed. Uh, what's the subtitle of this one? Uh, most Wanted. Uh, yeah, it's the most recent one for your system of choice. So get those brains working and hit us up with a new segment in them as well for your chance to win I really some like that game. post-Christmas presents. Uh, yeah, you and Steven play it. Uh, yeah, what what system do y'all have it for? Beat them. Uh, PS3. PS3. So if you have, if you win and you like it for PS3, you actually might be able to challenge Jesse and Stephen to some. Bring it! Oh, the gauntlet hath been thrown. Yep. But again, by uh, we also like to thank you for listening, and we do have a couple of people on iTunes uh, leave us some very nice reviews, which I'd like to thank you guys right now. Chris Tong, thank you very much, and Christina May, thank you very much, my dear. And uh, she actually mentioned she'd like us to do Night of the Creeps, which starred Tom Atkins from Lethal Weapon. So Ooh. we will be doing that. I'm not sure when, but just keep listening. Uh, at the near future. At the far future, it would be a Halloween thing, but depending on what we kind of decide to do is when we'll like, throw it in there to see. But uh, next time, I think we decided, I think we're finally going to do it. We're finally going to pop your Back to the Future cherry. Mm-hmm. You will finally understand the social relevance of Marty McFly <laughs> and that crazy, crazy Doc Brown. Uh-huh. But you'll like it. Now, knowing you, Daniel, you, if you don't like these. Yeah, That's mm-hmm. all I need to say. There you go. <laughs> For Daniel. Gump. Yeah. So, any any final thoughts before we sign off till next year? I just want to win, wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year's or whatever you celebrate. Kwanzaa. <laughs> Seasons greetings. Is Hanukkah. <laughs> nice way to put everything. That old Navy commercial, whatever, it was like Happy Kwanzaa. I don't know. Chris, Chris Kwanzaa. <laughs> Something commercial. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was commercial. <laughs> hey, everybody, but again, thanks we all from all of us here at the Awesome Podcast Network. We wish you nothing but the happiest of holidays. Stay safe. Watch some. Holiday Christmas movies, especially Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. Try warm Gremlins. eggnog. Yeah, give it a try. You might not like it. But if it's cold, you know. Oh, 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 he's here. Everybody, it's Santa Claus. It's time for you to leave. Okay, Santa. Well, until next year, everybody, I am Trey Harris. I'm Daniel Sanangelo. Jesse Sedgley. Kawa yippee kaye motherbunga! This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel Sanangelo and Trey Harris. Find this show and more at the Awesome Podcast Network's Facebook at facebook.com slash awesomepodcastnetwork. And follow us on Twitter at awesomepodcasts.